This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. We are back after another one-week hiatus from the program. I just admonished Joey for clicking his stupid little mouse. We have a lot to talk about this week, including ISIS attacking Iran, a little dog peeing on a little girl. We're also talking about reality winner. What else, Joey? We got burritos on the mind. Oh, my God, that's right. Well, this is a good show. You should stick around and listen to it. Very serious. Yes, this is the mandatory Samson podcast. We're back. I was sick. Now I'm not. Chris Flannery here. Joey Noe's here. Matt Weiss is here. Feels like forever since I've been here. We're back. Joey, how you doing? I'm great. Ecstatic to be back. Oh, yeah. I feel bad, man. I, I didn't want to miss last week, but I wasn't feeling good. I had a long week, and I just didn't feel like I could put the energy in that I normally do. So we skipped a week. We are, as I've said, we have returned. And we have a good show lined up for you guys today. And you're okay. feeling better now? Yes, I am. I am. It was just a long week, honestly. I had a uh, bit of a cold or whatever. I don't know. I just I needed to sleep. I needed to just to have a little uh, day off, which I took. So You needed some me time. I get you. That's exactly right. Now, what are we talking about today? That's really the question. We're talking about ISIS attacking Iran, mm-hmm. which I think is a big story. We're talking about climate change and the Paris Agreement being ripped up by our genius president. Reality winner and the NSA leaks. We're going to get into that. Also, another London attack, a U.S. Middle East update, actually, which I think I might have taken out of the rundown, but I left it on here, but we'll see what happens when we go through it. Um, a bunch of quick hits and a Trump administration, odds and ends, the ends of the program. We're also going to talk a little bit about the Jim Comey testimony, which happened uh, earlier this morning uh, before we started recording. And we're going to talk about some business about burritos. Yeah, some th- that that I was really excited to talk about last week, but I just didn't get to. Uh, you know, we didn't get to do it. But I will ramp up the uh, the irritation as we go through. Okay. Um, let me say this: we're also doing another bonus episode this week. It will be MSP one twenty nine point five emails and other stuff. We're gonna answer a bunch of emails that we got. We're also going to do a little role play. Yes, I can't wait. I got the transcript of Trump talking to Duterte. Uh, it's like six pages. We're going to play it out. Matt's going to play the uh, the White House operator. Joey's going to play Rodrigo Duterte, the president of the Philippines. And I, of course, Mr. Trump. President Donald J. Trump. Uh, what else? How you doing, guys? Doing great. I just want to thank all the fans for their continued support and always writing in. Yeah. I am feel great that we have enough emails that we can do bonus episodes oh, of course and be able to continue some of the conversations that we don't get to that's right it's fun and it's nice i like doing the second episode for whatever reason it just feels refreshing to wrap up this episode we'll hit the record again and we go right back in and we do that uh email episode and we, yeah we got some other stuff i also have a clip in that one which i'm just gonna I'm not going to talk about it, but there's a clip that we're also going to play in that one that I think just is, is a fun way to wrap up that. Episode. I don't even know what that is. I know. Well, you'll be surprised. Let's talk about this. Uh, oh, by the way, we're also sponsored today by Harry's Razors. And we're going to do, uh, we're going to give you the information about Harry's Razors, harrys.com slash Samson, uh, if you don't need the information. But we're going to give you the information a little bit later in the program. 
Jim Comey, guys, do you have any thoughts about this testimony? I felt like it wasn't going to be devastating in the sense that it, there was going to be no smoking gun or, or anything like that. And there wasn't. I think Comey basically put his, you know, his information on record and laid out a case for later in the case, potentially obstruction of justice, whatever. But mm-hmm. there wasn't a smoking gun there. No, there wasn't. My favorite question yeah. wasn't even about Russia. It was if Hillary Clinton would have filed him if she was elected president. That's my favorite question. I don't think so. Because that would have looked crazy political. If she had gotten in anyway and been like, you're out because <laughs> of the email. You know. Uh-uh. Yeah. And we, can you imagine a president firing the FBI director in a political way? I can't imagine no, well, anyone right. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but that's the thing, right? Like Hillary's not going to, you know, be that blatantly politically obvious. Yeah. Uh, although apparently during the testimony, uh, well, John McCain's question apparently was rambling and made him look crazy. <laughs> oh, really? Apparently he just did not, no one could understand what he was trying to say. And it involved, it was trying to rope Clinton into everything. A lot of these pieces of shit don't <laughs> understand my point of view, frankly. Maybe I asked them, did you suffer in a Viet Cong torture cell for years? No, you don't. So you don't understand, you stupid idiots. I didn't see McCain's testimony. I have no idea. I haven't watched. I just read a Vox, or I think it was a Vox piece. Oh, okay. Discussing uh, I, him. I, I do have a question. Um, Joe, uh, yes. As you know, there was a testimony from yesterday. Yes. And I would like to ask Mr. Trump a we question. We call that yestermony. Yeah, yestermony. Uh-huh. I'd like to ask... Uh, Mr. Yesterday? Good. I'd like to ask Mr. Trump a question. Yes, Joey. Mr. Trump. Yeah. What merit? Doing, Joey? I'm doing blue, well, thank you. That blue in your shirt really brings out your eyes. Like thank you, Melania. Yes, and Ivanka. Uh, just, just quick question for you on yesterday's testimony from, uh, I believe it was General Flynn and somebody else. I don't know who you're referring to, General who? Yeah. Anyway, a lot of the uh, people were talking about feelings. So here's my question for you: What merit do feelings have? in a public forum for political discourse. I don't really understand the concept of feelings. I mean, that is something that is not part of a businessman's repertoire, frankly. I mean, you need to be emotionless, as I would say I am. I'm a very, people might be fooled by that, but I'm a very even keel, non-emotional, irrational person. So Comey is sort of like a woman with his emotions. I mean, let's be honest. My good friend, or actually I've never met him, or I have met him, we're best friends, I don't know, Vladimir Putin, I'm not going to say, but Putin, who I know would respect me if we met, but we have met and he loved me, but we haven't really met. He said recently that, you know, he never has bad days because he's not a woman. And I, you know what, I I love women. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love Ivanka. I mean, I love her like she's my wife, my daughter. She is a woman. She is a woman, brilliant, Melania. Uh, No disrespect, of course, but I agree with him. I mean... Women are all over the blah, 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 all over the place. I, there is no place for emotions in. So follow-up question. I, yeah, sure, I, Joe. You're a real straight shooter. I, I, I do respect that you cannot speak for Vladimir Putin. I get that. I can't speak for him, but I would imagine that, you know, he loves what I'm doing. Yes. Um, Not because he paid me or something. When but. he mentions uh, he doesn't have a bad day like a woman, right. is he talking about menopause or a period? Like Hillary Clinton then by default doesn't have bad days then, right? 
Well, Hillary Clinton is a woman, Joey. Yes. So she definitely has some bad day. I mean, I'll tell you, worst day for her, election day, 2016. So got him. That's that's right. I did. I got yo, her. Yo, yo, I threw that up there when you just hit it out, Mr. Trump. Big league. Big league. Big league. I'm like the big hurt Frank Thomas. I mean, I'll I'll smack it 500 feet. Any other questions, Joey? That's all for today. You're really a star, Joey. Thank you. Have a great Take the afternoon off. I'm going to. I had a big day, gave a speech. Comey, of course, with his dumb testimony, whatever. I'm going to go watch TV for 12 hours and take a nice nap. Oh, um, but, uh, Chris, do you think Trump had uh-huh. had an opportunity to tweet anything? Because He I, didn't. I he saw didn't. that he did not tweet anything. So um, did someone jack his phone from him? No, I think they were just like, listen. Please, for the love like, of God. Fucking not today. Because this everything you say, he's... Tweeting about the travel ban, referring to it as a travel ban. Mm-hmm. The, so that's going to keep it out of, uh, it's not going to become a policy because he was saying all along their argument was it's not a ban, it's just for safety. And then he starts referring to it as a travel ban in his <laughs> tweets. And the, the White House counsel must be like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, stop saying shit on Twitter. That's official. Like, that's your statements. You, you uh, can't do that. Well, and apparently he was watching today with his legal team. So oh, yeah. th- the lawyers are probably just. No, no. Just, just, just oh. reaching over, grabbing his wrist. No, no, no. no, no, no. There's a puppet show where they just keep saying Trump with a bunch of sock puppets <laughs> just to yeah. keep his attention. It's, uh, yeah, no. So I didn't really see him tweet anything. So. Okay. Um, all right. I just wanted to put that out there again. Like, I don't think there was anything major. Like, the Comey stuff is being covered. So we don't yeah. necessarily have to cover it unless there was something devastating. But there, I didn't, as of yet, I didn't see anything. Um, I do want to talk about this, though. I, at least 12 people were killed and many more injured in Tehran, Iran, on Wednesday when suicide bombers and gunmen attacked the Iranian parliament and the mausoleum of the revolutionary founder of the Islamic Republic. ISIS has taken credit for the attack, but as we know, ISIS is want to do that. Uh, whether they did have something to do with it or not, I don't know. And I have a couple of interesting quotes in the email. Hassan Rouhani, who's the Iranian president, who's considered a moderate uh, you know, in a in a land of extremists in Iran, especially after Ahmadinejad, a hundred percent, certainly at, at least in in rhetoric, he's he's much more moderate, but he, he seems much more um, willing to be, if not pro Western, but at least engage with the West and the rest of the world in a in a rational way. He and who just won election by a massive amount. I mean, he he was reelected in a, basically a landslide. So it shows you, I think, that there's an appetite, especially amongst the youth in Iran to, you know, engage with the world diplomatically and, mm-hmm. and be involved. Rahani said today's terrorist attacks and it's it. Listen to the, listen to the, the phrasing of all this, the tone of it. It just sounds like something we would say, or it sounds like something England would say. We'll hear it later. Today's terrorist attacks in Tehran will make the Islamic Republic of Iran more determined in the fight against regional terrorism, extremism, and violence. We will prove once again that we will crush the enemy's plots with more unity and more strength. So that's a very, you know, basic, statement and then i have a statement from the islamic revolutionary guard corps who says this terrorist action coming one week after the meeting of the president of the united states with the leader of uh the one of the region's reactionary governments referring to saudi arabia uh shows they are involved in this savage action so the revolutionary guard in iran is saying that saudi arabia is responsible and in Hmm. some way you know maybe even financing isis who knows and i think look that's not a far stretch i think it's it's fair to say that saudi arabia has been funding terrorism for many the same way people in the united states or people on the right would look at iran and go well they fund terrorism yeah, or whatever exactly saudi arabia funds terrorism make no mistake about it they're a brutal regime they 
you know, hang people, they execute people in public. So Saudi Arabia, as much as they're a, you know, quote, friend of the United States and like a, an ally, they're doing a lot of the things that you would criticize any other, um, you know, state in the Middle yeah. East for. And in some ways worse because they have more money in there and they're funding this stuff. So, well, but I have no idea. I have no idea if there's a connection between Saudi Arabia, ISIS and the Iran attack. Well, I mean, Saudi Arabia is the birthplace of the Wahhabi movement, right. movement, and that's a, like, yeah, we're allies with them because political, but because oil and because right. military bases, and that's something we kind of have to address at some point. And Saudi Arabia hates Iran, yeah. And I'm, I was reading an article yesterday just saying that, the, like, the Middle East over there is really becoming a bit of a powder keg with <laughs> some, some issues over Qatar. That right. I just saw that Turkey apparently is deploying, is authorizing to deploy troops there. There's, they're trying to, they might, they might be trying to. Go go to Qatar into a war, which would be really bad. Yeah, well, and the, again, this is you know part of the issue that we talked about during the election. Like, this is not the president, this is not the administration you want in office for something like this because you know an overreaction in any way. And because Trump tweeted about the the Qatar um, situation, he obviously backed Saudi Arabia in that in that uh, example. Any little misstep can cause a real serious problem in the Middle East. It's not a stable region. There's a lot of, um, obviously, irrational actors in terms of people being suicide bombers and religion plays a factor. So it's a, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's a, it's a real bad situation, and it's part, it's a continuation of the destabilization created once again by the United States invading Iraq and never forget that. I mean, that is a... Well, it all fact it all ties in, you know, and U.S. involvement over there for you know decade plus. Well, this is obviously all speculation, but just an example of what could happen here is okay. You start a war between Saudi Arabia and Qatar. Right. Iran backs Qatar. We back Saudi Arabia. Qatar Russia, is Ru- Shia majority. Well, you would assume, right? If Iran's back, I, 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 I know the Sunni. opposite ones. I can never remember which ones. Sunni Saudi Arabia. Okay, so then and ISIS is Sunni. Then yes, yeah, so I, Qatar and uh, Saudi are Sunni, and Iran is Shia. Right. So then. Iran and Russia are are good allies. Yeah. Russia backs Iran, obviously. We've already backed Saudi Arabia. It, it resembles a World War One type uh, situation of, of just alliances dragging people in. Uh, of obviously, specu- rampant speculation, but that's what no, you got to be careful. But the, the piece—that's the thing. Like, I, I think there's a as pe- I'm trying to pick my words as peaceful as the like. Generally, the world I feel like is at a very or is at a pretty stable place and it has been for quite a while no it is as crazy as that sounds i think the democratic countries industrial nations are essentially stable and you know there was no war imminent war looming but make no mistake war is always looming because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of pieces around the world that if they shift out of place just a little bit now they need to be put back in place or things need to be shifted around and and that's one of those places well it feels like a powder keg right now as you had in the balkans a hundred years ago and it's all it takes is a little spark and it hope I would love to avoid that, but there's also, it could go off so easily. And I just see the pattern of, Oh, every hundred years lately, there tends to be a massive war. Right. 200 years ago, we had Napoleon a hundred years ago. We had world war one. Yeah. It takes a lot of effort to keep things in check. And th- this goes back to the documentary of reference before hypernormalization, which explains Kissinger's idea of throwing the middle East essentially into a bit of chaos as a way of keeping the rest of things in, you know, in check. Like if that, if the Middle East can't unite, then they can't form an actual, you know, real threat against the United States and industrial powers. Probably let them fight amongst themselves. Exactly. Problem is Hafez al-Assad, Bashar al-Assad's dad in Syria created the idea 
really invented and 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 put out the idea of suicide bombing, which he used against the United States uh, in Syria and parts of Libya to get them out of the Middle East at that time when Reagan was president. He did withdraw troops. And then now, ironically or whatever, suicide bombing shifted from Shia to Sunni, the Wahhabis, like you said, and then now they've used it, you know, with dramatic effect around the world and even turning it against Syria. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty crazy, you know, of course, it's a crazy situation. And, and, uh, and well, I, I just want to add, though, um, you I can understand that we like to put people into groups about like religion and all that. But it, the fact that we as human beings keep on trying to say Sunni or Shiite, yeah. it shouldn't matter either one because well. they're both human beings. You know what I mean? No, but... Because even so, even when you say someone's a Sunni or someone's a Shiite, we're not talking about extremists. Well, but we're not talking about people. Here's the thing. When mm-hmm. I say it, I, when I say like Iran, Shia, Sunni is Saudi Arabia... Like, You're saying the majority of people yeah, we're saying in that the, region is of one right, and these denomination. Are, the, these are theocratic countries. It's not like... You know, you look at the United States, if you were going to say, you'd go, well, Christian or whatever. You know what I mean? You, you'd pick a thing out. Mm-hmm. But we're not a Christian. I mean, <laughs> in some ways, we are a Christian-ruled country. But like, but it's no not, right, it's not the same as like the Pope runs America. Yes. That's not how it works. It, that is the case w- when you talk about the Saudi royal family and you talk about the Ayatollah in Iran and, and okay. anywhere around, you know, that's what it is. Like, gotcha. that is the reality of the situation. So it, it's just... Putting it in that broad context of like Sunni, Shia, and you, and there are divisions, like it or not, themselves based on that because yeah. it is a, it is, in some regards, a fight to the death. Like, you believe something that is heretical to what I believe, and we're not going to be able to come to an agreement on that because it is literally as the stakes are as high as damnation. You know what I mean? Or or uh, heaven or whatever the concept is. You know. Well, as as you said, Joey, like. You, it sounds like you were saying that oh we sort of lumped them into either Shia or Sunni. They that's self segregation. That's yeah. I mean that's human nature of tribalism. Yes, which we know you know from the days of Uthman and Abu Bakr and all yep. these people. It's like that is what it is. It's tribes. You know, it's, it's a tribal thing, and it's just developed now because you know there's oil money and there's a lot of uh, you know there's just a lot of conflict because of that. Wait, so, I, mean, I mean, like a hundred years ago, Saudi Arabia was not a kingdom like it is today. It was right. just a bunch of tribes. So right. It really is. That is where this all comes from. Right. Well, and that's what happened when you broke up Iraq. The reason why Iraq was able to be quote stable for a period of time is because of a strong man. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get rid of that strong man, people are like, well, okay, I'm not part of the revolutionary guard anymore. I'm going to go back and do my thing back. You back with my quote tribe, you know, my people, my religious, my sect, that, that's yeah. what happens. And that is part of the plan. As far as Kissinger's plan is concerned, this documentary was amazing. Really. It's, you know, pit them against each other. That is how, yeah. that is how we maintain stability elsewhere. But, but that obviously backfired because the instability led to suicide bombing. And that's what we are going to be dealing with for a long time. I and mean, you I, can't control to what effect they go what else they can affect? What countries they go to? No, of course. That's the danger of it. That's why it's effective, you know, in every context, really. Mm-hmm. Um, final thoughts on that? Uh, I did, uh, I, I, as you said about the Iranian president's quote, Yeah, it's concise, it's direct, no misinterpretation, no spin. No. Oh, you know, and the, the, I'm glad you came back to it. It's an opportunity, not with Trump as president, Maybe not 
for a while, but I think it's an opportunity to work with Iran. Like, I, I know that that sounds crazy, but it would have sounded crazy eight months ago to half the country when you go, well, we should work with Russia. <laughs> mm. You know, like that, <laughs> th- that's the same kind of thing. But meanwhile, now, now conservative polling shows like, yeah, yeah, Putin. Yeah, he's fine. That he's not a problem anymore. Okay. We should be working with Iran. They have the same. There's one thing that we all have in common that we can all rally around, and that's ISIS is a fucking problem, right? I mean, mm-hmm. not as big a problem for us, but that's even more of a reason to get on on proper footing with Iran because they're there now. They just got attacked. What what is going to be the situation? Saudi Arabia obviously puts a wedge in between. You know, the, but, it's more complicated than that, but that's an issue that we can all kind of get on the same page about. Well, I mean, I don't think we can ever really negotiate with Iran just because at Saudi Arabia and Israel, more importantly, I think. Because they're our two our two strongest allies in the Middle East really are right. mortal enemies of Iran. And if we negotiate with them, then that just creates a whole shit story. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. You know, <laughs> that's the thing. But ISIS is already on the ropes as far as being a, a functioning group. You know what yeah. I mean? They they are more of an idea at this point. They surrendered Abu Bakr al Baghdadi's uh headquarters in um I wanna say Raqqa, but I could be No, not Raqqa. I forget. But anyway, in Iraq, not yeah. not Syria. But in any event, ISIS is on the ropes, it seems like, and you know it's going to be bad news for those other Middle Eastern countries if they start now directing their attention just locally. Mm-hmm. You know, local, like you said, local terrorism or regional terrorism. Yeah, that's not a problem for me. That's not a problem for the United States, but it is certainly still a problem. Um, all right. Climate change in the Paris Climate Agreement. So the United States last week, as confirmed by the president, will withdraw from the 190-plus country pact the only other countries that are out are Syria and Nicaragua. So we joined Syria, which is being run terrifically by mm-hmm. uh, Bashar al-Assad, like just a chaotic nightmare. Uh, they're like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to worry about climate change. And our guy was like, yeah, me neither. To, to, be, to be fair, I think they kind of have a few other things to worry about in Syria. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, they're out. I'm just saying that's the that's the league that we're playing in now with Syria and Nicaragua. That, that yeah. That's what we have going on. <laughs> I have a Trump quote in the email. This is what Trump had to say. In order to fulfill my solemn duty to the United States and its citizens, the U.S. will withdraw from the Paris Climate Accord, but begin negotiations to re-enter either the Paris Accords or a really entirely new transaction on terms that are fair to the United States. We will start to negotiate, and we will see if we can make a deal that's fair. If we can, that's great. If we can't, that's fine. It's not fine. Um, Italy, France, and Germany released a statement that day, and we're like, no, you're not going to be able to renegotiate. We're not going to do that. And Trump is like, well, whatever. I'm going to bed. So as you know, there was a famous quote that was been used to death, and I'm going to say it. Okay. I was elected to represent the citizens of Pittsburgh, not Paris. Yeah, it's weird because Pittsburgh's on Earth. You know, that's part of the problem. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Yeah, that's yeah. the issue. Like, if Earth is ruined, Pittsburgh count. Pittsburgh's part of that thing. You know? It is, right? It's a good, listen, this is the thing. That's a great quote to get reelected and it will help to get reelected, but it will hurt in terms of what we actually need to do as a uh, world leader, which we are not a world leader at this point. We're just not militarily. We are, but as far as diplomacy and being a, um, you know, a role model or whatever guidance, it's, we're not that. See, I feel that this administration is lacking something and I think it's called diplomacy. Well, it's it's well, it's many things, but it's experience. It's um, 
it's lacking appointments in in a lot of key positions. It, it's just oh, we still don't have them, right? It's running. It's running a, of its own accord. There's a lot of like different people just kind of doing their own thing, and well, it's complete chaos. Where they, I mean, their entire agenda is stalled. They don't like. There's so much bickering in the White House itself that they're not going to get anything done outside of the White House. Yeah, we'll see. But ultimately, when it comes, I've been thinking about the whole fact that oh, we like, we're not a world leader anymore. We're going to fall off the world stage entirely. And ultimately, when Trump is out of office, yeah, there's going to be a lot of recovery to do, but. California is still the world's fifth, sixth biggest economy. We're, oh, we're still going to be an economic powerhouse. We're still going to be an influential, influential country. No question about it. That's the thing. That's the amazing thing about the way that this system is set up. And that's like, at worst, it's going to be eight years. You know, the problem, the thing, that's exactly right. When Obama took over, it was a breath of fresh air. The rest of the world welcomed us back. And they were like, thank God we got rid of that idiot from Texas. Like, thank you. God, we got Obama. Hmm. Like, and, you know, it's just the opposite now where you got Trump back and you go, well, all right, we're going to have to take control for a little bit. Part of the issue with that, though, is once Europe, once Germany, once whatever, whoever, becomes the place that people go, France, even with Macron, like when you see these countries take a leadership position, then the rest of the world is more likely to just continue to keep looking at them as the leadership. Not that the United States is, is you know, out of the picture, but... Well, and well, it can come back, but the, the but the more you keep going, well, whatever, we can't trust the United States, and then that becomes a default position after a while, you know. And also, if we don't like, we I'm saying that our strength is going to be on our economic ability, but if we aren't investing in this technology, if we're not investing right. in renewable resources, we're behind. Then, right. then and Germany is the is the country that gets those, they become more the economic powerhouse, and California is no longer the fifth biggest economy in the world, right? Like. It, um, in the short term, yes, we'll recover. But in the long term, this could have disastrous consequences. Yeah, of course. Well, and again, the pa- does the Paris Agreement specifically save us from the perils of climate change? No, mm-hmm. but it is a massive undertaking to get that many countries on board, and at least in lips pay lip service the idea of like there's a problem and we need to do something about it. It's just getting everybody to the table. When the United States pulls out, um, you know, I think Trump perceived it to be a more dramatic thing than it was because a lot of countries have all already said like, yeah, we're just going to deal with States individually. And like, we'll deal with corporate. We don't care. We'll just bypass the federal government. Right. It's not a big deal. So well, wait, let me, let me say ahead. this. So in separate statements, heads of Apple, Google, Twitter, Amazon, Facebook, Tesla, Microsoft, and IBM denounced Trump's decision as did Goldman, uh, Goldman Sachs executive Lloyd Blankfein, the JP Morgan chase, CEO Jamie Dimon, Stephen Schwartzman of Blackstone. It's a gigantic investment mm-hmm. firm. Indra, I believe, Nui is how you pronounce it, the head of Pepsi. Uh, Mary Barra is the GM head. Larry Fink of BlackRock and Doug McMillan of Walmart. So essentially, like, the power players in, you know, the, the economics of the world mm-hmm. came out against this, which is crazy that Trump comes into office as a guy that's like, I can work with business leaders. Like they're going to respect me. Meanwhile, these are the people he's talking about and they're all against them. It's I'm not like a Jamie Dimon guy, but even Jamie Dimon is like, look, it's a real thing. We got to, we got to deal with it. It looks bad to pull out of this thing. Well, see, here's the thing. See, to me, I just feel it's all lip service though. What it's is? like the uh, Apple, Google, Twitter and all of them. Sure. Like what steps are they actually going to take? It's going to end up falling upon the States. It's, it's going to be the governors that are going to come together and set, what they feel is a attainable 
goal. Maybe, but I'll take the lip service. I'll take the lip service from these corporations. Why? It falls upon deaf zeros. Well, no, it doesn't. Because what I'm saying is Trump pulled out of this thing thinking it was going to like be this kind of like grand show and that it might fall apart. And everybody was like, uh, okay, <laughs> go ahead. And closed the door and then they all just kept talking. Like they, they just let him leave. Like that's, yeah. that's the thing. It's, it's not, it's, it's a real thing to the rest of the world and half this country. It's just not to Trump and the other half of the country that got him elected. Elon Musk and Robert uh, Iger, who's the Disney CEO, they quit Trump's business advisory panel over it. They, they're out, you know? Well, so, so, so here's my question for this. Yeah. Maybe this is the Republican plan all along to make things more about states' rights. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, but that God, you know how like far thinking that would have to be. No, I, I, I doubt it. I just, I just find it funny that all of a sudden Democrats are eh, states' rights. We're going to do this. Oh, absolutely. Listen, it, it's <laughs> they all sway in the wind. You know, I mean, they. Yeah, of course, because well, the Republicans really don't want states' rights. The states' rights is a, a an easy way of just saying, well, the federal government's not going to do anything. It's states' rights when it's convenient for me, right? When, yes. it, when it works, when the federal government is going to stop me from doing what I want to do, right? Then no, we should revert to states' rights. Yeah, well, what about the healthcare where they go? Well, we should b- tear down the walls between states. Well, that's fe- that's a federal policy, then, mm-hmm. right? Isn't that not states' rights? Okay, uh, I got a clip here. This guy Tim Wahlberg. We're gonna end here. He's a Republican from Michigan. I'm just gonna play this. This is him at a uh, whatever a town hall meeting. He's talking about climate change. I believe there's been climate change since the beginning of time. I think there are cycles. Do I think that man has some impact? Yeah, of course. Can man change the entire universe? No. Well, the man's not trying to change the entire universe, dummy. We're not trying to change the entire universe. Does man have uh, some impact on climate? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of the new, like, there is no climate change. They 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 realize they can't say there's no climate change. <laughs> so now they go, well, yeah, of course the climate's changing, but can we affect it? No. <sighs> Come on. What am I? What? Why do I believe that? Well, as a Christian, I believe that there is a creator of God who is much bigger than us. Amen. Uh, I'm confident that if uh, there's a real problem, uh, we can take care of it. He says if there, you know, he believes a Christian and he believes if there is a God and there's a big problem, he he's can gonna take, take care, care of it. Of it. Yeah. Here's a question, Tim. What if you're the problem? You ever think about that? What if you're the problem? Yeah, I don't think he ever thought about it. Though. He didn't, because he he thinks I'm a Christian. I believe in God. You know, this is my thing. What if you're the problem? What if God needs you, Tim, to support this, to get behind this? What if you're the conduit through which your God is trying to work, and you're just plugging your ears like a dum dum? There's nothing in the Bible about climate change. Why? Because of the flood? Because because they were like, oh, here's a rainbow. It's my promise to you that we'll never flood the earth again. No, that's the the light spectrum. Okay, that's not a God promise. Oh. It's the light spectrum. No, it is. It's fact. But what if all this What if all this <clears throat> discussion about climate change, what if that's God trying to tell us, yeah, you're flooding the earth again, build an ark, motherfuckers. We're going to be the ones building the ark, not the Republicans then. No, that's true. <laughs> well, and listen, here, you know, here's the other thing the, that maybe you should consider. Maybe climate change is real, mm-hmm. and that's the solution to the problem, and again, we're the problem. We're the problem that's fucking damaging the earth and whatever, and God's like, no, they're ruining it. He said, be good stewards of the earth, right? Take care of the animals, take yes. care of this shit and that shit. What, that doesn't factor in. Do you think he was talking to Exxon when he said that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Melt whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. It's fine. Use the, the blood of dead dinosaurs to power your, your plants. Fuck off. That's not... Ugh. Be stewards of the earth when, it's not, when it doesn't affect profits. 
Well, right. Yeah, I know. Yes. God was a free market capitalist, right? God talked about profits all the time. Yeah, Jesus loved... Uh, now, whatever. I think Jesus was against that with the temple and all that. I agree. I think all the evidence points to Jesus probably would have been like, yeah, let's stay in the Paris Agreement. <laughs> no, nothing about a, my profits double entendre? No. Oh, very good. Yes, profits <laughs> and profits. Excellent. It's like a Jeopardy category. Uh, all right. That's all I got to say about that. Now, um, before we move on, I just want to call attention to uh, one thing, which I I think is something that gets lost in the shuffle. Like everyone talks about climate but and, and the states' rights things. Well, a good example, well, it would be better probably if it was states' rights, is in Matana. Since 1966, 39 glaciers have dramatically shrunk. Yes. So 85% shrunk. Now, this is bad because it affects the trout, the fish, the environment of which those citizens of that state need to live their lives. Right. So maybe if it was a state's issue, maybe that would have a greater effect than if we tried to do it federally. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, It's too late, I was reading for those glaciers, that like they have already reached a point of no return, that it's just a matter of time before they're gone. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, again, we've had this argument, I think, or whatever, conversation during the election and everything. Like, I don't... Do we really need to even look at ourselves as different states at this point? Like, yes, I guess you can keep those those boundaries up, but what happens in, you know, California ultimately is going to affect what happens here. It's just... Uh, particularly when it comes to climate like the the same climate might not be here as in as is in california but the change of it will there will be changes in both places Mm -hmm. so it's something that yeah i mean states the individual states are gonna have to address individual issues is what you're saying yeah you know and they know that best because that's you know where people live the governor of montana knows better than i would know about what's going on in montana as opposed to new jersey or new york or something but it is a global problem, you know, and, and the opportunity to unite the world around a global issue like this is there. And that's something that we should take advantage of, not storm away from the table like, uh, you know, a child. It's really it's childish. And especially when Trump is doing it really for the, you know, admiration and affection of what a thirty-eight percent, a hundred million people, maybe, you know, 38 percent. Yeah. Here's a question for you. So. If everything does come down to money and the states start regulating themselves in terms of climate change, the companies are just going to get out and just go to another state that's more lax then, I assume. I don't know. I mean, it all depends. I mean, again, it depends on what this, you know, the specifics of, of a situation are. The com- companies, corporations, whatever, a lot of them are at least saying that they're on board with this stuff. Yeah, like again, the, they're They're profit ultimately and this is what is going to come up in the exxon lawsuit and all this stuff like they're going to be affected by the ramifications of climate change their drilling rigs need to be up higher roads are going to be affected there's going to be more uh unpredictable like most of what a big corporation deals with is forecasting it's you know figuring out how much can we actually move of this product or 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 you know operate Mm -hmm. in a in a um predictable way that's what our markets operate on it's all about like when trump does something erratic the markets drop why because they can't predict accurately what is going to happen in the future 
That's the same with climate change. They know that. They know that there's more unpredictable weather coming, more extreme weather coming, and that's going to affect their bottom line. So when you start to see the corporations get on board with this type of stuff, it's because it's a fucking real thing Mm -hmm. because they are only driven by the profit motive. The rest of it's ancillary. If they knew that that climate change could happen and it wouldn't cost them a dollar, then then let it rain. But but they they know that that's not going to be the case. Well, also, Exxon uh, Exxon Mobil can't just pick up and go to a different state if the oil is in North Dakota right. they have to be in North uh, Dakota that's a good point right. so Absolutely. It, part of it's supply and part of it's where the demand is yeah um, alright you ready to get into this wild story this NSA uh, this <laughs> winner story yeah yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, according to an NSA top secret document provided anonymously to the Intercept and independently authenticated dating to May 5th 2017 it shows that Russia executed a cyber attack on at least one U.S. voting software supplier and sent spear phishing emails to over 100 local election officials days before Election Day 2016. And I have a uh, quote here from the document itself. Russian General Staff Main Intelligence Directorate actors executed cyber espionage operations against a named U.S. company in August 2016, evidently to obtain information on elections-related software and hardware solutions. The actors likely used data obtained from that operation to launch a voter registration-themed spear phishing campaign targeting U.S. local government organizations. The idea being, if they could get information on these... um, local uh, people, these local government people, Mm -hmm. they would then maybe at some point be able to access the voting machines (laughs) and then they could tamper with the vote totals. And then that's, that's a wrap again. I'll say it again. The hacking democracy is a great documentary that shows that this stuff is not only uh, plausible, but probably likely going to happen at some point. And maybe even happen during the, you know, 2000 election, watch that documentary hacking democracy fantastic and so when i read something like this and i see a document like this it is absolutely no surprise because that's the move the move is not to register dead people to go vote nope. which is such a stupid fucking idea on the republic like yes it's probably poor people with no driver's licenses that are voting a thousand times no it's the ability to be able to get to the main card of a block of voting machines in a certain county and changing the vote totals or tampering with it before people even vote so that one vote for Matt is two votes for Joey. Like, it, it's that it's that type of thing. Well, I, This I, isn't that, but this shows that there's an attempt by Russia to get to a point where they could do that. But may, make no mistake, it's not, this document is not saying that Russia changed vote totals. There's no evidence of that. They don't even think that they got to that point at all. But hmm. they were certainly trying to get to that point, according to this analysis in this document and then we're going to get on to the um you know the more specific details of this document well i think it also said that there it would, there would be very possible to affect the voter registration in the machines and say if you t- like discriminate against any name that sounds black you can take that out and take all the black people out and then they can't vote and then that affects the entire election yeah and if you just affect who is registered right sure mm. but but, I, but definitely but that's not even the easiest way to do it like that's a more complicated step than just being like yeah we just erase votes you know and you just move the balance and and again hacking democracy shows how that is possible now that documentary was a few years ago but i can't imagine it's the same stuff much has changed right um let's see meanwhile on saturday 
The FBI arrested 25-year-old federal contractor Reality Lee Winner at her Augusta, Georgia home, charging her with improperly removing classified intelligence reporting, which contained classified national defense information. The Department of Justice said the charges were under the Espionage Act with a single charge carrying a possible 10-year sentence. Before we get into more of that, I have a statement from The Intercept, which we always talk about. The Intercept is who got the document Mm -hmm. that was released. This is the statement. On June 5th, The Intercept published a story about a top-secret NSA document that was provided to us completely anonymously. Shortly after the article was posted, the Justice Department announced the arrest of Reality Lee Winner, a 25-year-old government contractor in Augusta, Georgia, for transmitting defense information under the Espionage Act. Although we have no knowledge of the identity of the person who provided us with the document, the U.S. government has told news organizations that Winner was that individual. While the FBI's allegations against Winner have been made public through the release of an affidavit and search warrant, which were unsealed at the government's request, it is important to keep in mind that these documents contain unproven assertions and speculation designed to serve the government's agenda and as such warrant skepticism. Winner faces allegations that have not been proven. The same is true of the FBI's claims about how it came to arrest Winner. We take this matter with the utmost seriousness. However, because of the continued investigation, we will make no further comment on it at this time. The fact that this girl's name is Reality Winner makes me feel like we live in the Matrix because (laughs) the president essentially is a Reality Reality winner. Winner. This chick, her actual name is Reality Winner. And what the fuck? What the fuck? Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But here's my question for you. You have more information about Dear Reality Winner. Yes, yes? I do. But what confuses me is why you would, like, apparently she photocopied a document, folded the document over, and then mailed it to The Intercept. Why wouldn't you scan it and then go to a public Wi-Fi and upload the document? Instead of doing it this way. I don't know. Like, like did she want to get caught, maybe? Because I, I, I feel that she took no steps to secure her own privacy. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, those are, you know, it's all speculative. I don't know. We'd have to see what she's going to say when, when, you know, we hear what she says. I have no idea. So I do have some uh, background information that you mentioned. Yeah. So. Oh, by the way. So yes. b- b- let me say this. So Megan Kelly. Remember Megan Kelly? Yeah, she's MSNBC now, I believe. No, she's NBC. It's NBC. She had a sit-down interview with fucking Vladimir Putin over the weekend. Yeah, it was a big deal. Putin essentially was like, this is absurd. Like, we didn't interfere with your election, blah, blah, blah. Why is Megyn Kelly fucking getting the sit-down interview with with Putin? Because she's Megyn Kelly. Megyn fucking Kelly. Megyn Kelly, who nobody cared about other than Fox people, until she asked Trump one semi-difficult question in a debate that didn't matter... And then he said that she basically had her period, and now everybody loves Megyn Kelly. Yes. Do you understand? Like, never forget. (laughs) Don't forget. Okay, Megyn Kelly came from Fox News. She's not some, like, liberal bastion. She's just a woman. She's just a journalist woman on TV, like all the other ones. Who asks uh, the hard-hitting questions. No, she's just, she's like any, she's like a, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't mean like, oh, she's a woman. I'm just saying like any other person, like talking head that was on TV, a Chris Wallace, a Chris Hayes, a whoever, although I love Chris Hayes, but like, oh. it's just fucking Megyn Kelly. It's, it's, now all of a sudden, what? She's our, our finest journalist. We have her interviewing Putin. Are you crazy? Who, who do you want to interview Putin? Brian Williams, who lied to America? Like, who do you want? No, who Joe you, Rogan. That's what you I want. You want Joe interview. Rogan? Yeah, I want Joe Rogan. I would Rogan. watch that interview. Yeah, I'd watch Joe Rogan interview 
Putin. Yes. Just Rogan gets high with Putin. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have to get high. He'll get high before and he'll come in and then I'll ask him. Right. I guarantee he'd ask the same. He'd ask great questions. So can we please get back to reality winner, please? Yeah. Thank you. So special agent Justin Garnick met with her in a hometown of Augusta. Yeah. Georgia. Right. Ah, uh, well, her home in Augusta, Georgia. She went to high school in Texas, Kingsville. So we have that. And what part of the military do you think she ended up joining after I, high school? I don't know. Air Force. Okay. So she spent six years in the military as a linguistic. Now, I wonder what that really entails. Being a linguist, is that really yes. what it is? A lingu- what, like a linguistic, what, expert? Yes. Or logistic? Linguistic expert, L-I-N-G-U-I-S-T. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's interesting. It's a common theme with a lot of these leakers. You know, a lot of conservatives are like, got to respect the troops. Got to love the military. Except when they military, are the military. members do, do what they think is the right thing, and then they're assholes. No, the, the right... list goes on and on. Yeah, but don't you understand the right thing is do as you're told? Well, no, to a point. Again, we talked about with Chelsea Manning. She did try to go up the chain of command. They rejected her. And then her only option was to to release that information as a whistleblower. And that's what this girl, I, th- I believe, is going to be her argument that she did. Yes. Well, what I'm taking away from all this is I keep thinking of people in the intelligence community as all these, a bunch of James Comey's, a bunch of really, really strong older people who have been doing this for their entire career. Right. No, there's a lot of young people. There's a lot, oh, of, people, there's a lot of millennials out there who just are outraged right now and those are the people who might become martyrs in this case. Like, she's martyred herself, essentially. Um, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, that's uh, not a good charge to have against you. We, we saw it with Chelsea Manning. We'll, we'll see what happens with this person. Um, you know, the like you said, yes, the it, you view the FBI, you view the intelligence agencies as filled with people like a Comey or these lifelong guys that are lawyers and sort of very you know buttoned up and whatever but there's a lot of millennials who's i think he's a, a man with a worldview that doesn't fit reality okay mm. well try i mean thank you dick cheney but but the millennial right there's a different worldview completely involved and it also speaks to who's getting you know for for stuff that's so top secret and so dangerous and national security and oh hillary imperiled all of us with her emails and whatever Reality Lee Winner, 25-year-old, whatever, mm-hmm. top secret clearance, right? She yeah. had access to these documents. How many people have top secret access? So what really does it matter? Confidential, this and that. Everybody knows it. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody that works there and they're just like, yeah, you got clearance. Sure, you got clearance. Yeah, you, they you give it to it. everybody and they classify everything. So essentially, it's meaningless. I mean, there's a lot of scrutiny to get top secret clearance, but at the end of the day... Apparently can... not, because they must have known... Because, Joey, you got more information about Reality Lee Winner here? Yeah, it turns out that she is quite a quite normal And I'm proud uh, individual. of her. Good for her. Do what you gotta do. And uh, she's, ha- uh, she's active on social media, yeah. and she's been very liberal, violently opposing... Not violently. She doesn't violently oppose anybody. She shot well, someone. What'd she do? No, no, no. Well, maybe violently. She's very... Vehemently? Yes, that's a better word. Thank you. Yeah. Vehemently opposes President Donald Trump. Right. Uh, she is very involved in um, her own well-being in terms of health. Uh, claims to have OCD and um, a possible eating disorder. That'd be great if they could use the OCD thing as the defense and be like, she has to release documents. It's the only thing that soothes her. <laughs> Case closed. 
I should be a lawyer. It's a medical condition. I can't help it. Yeah, I have to. The, See, like, I'm leaking right now. She, I'm yeah, she, yeah, she turned the lights off 80 times, and then she had to release a document. That was the only way she could sleep. <laughs> she couldn't sleep otherwise. Yeah, right. she didn't sleep for a month until she released this document. She had to complete that pattern. OCD's no joke. That's not, a, that's, you know. Yes. Despite the fact they're making jokes about it. Well, you know, what are you going to do? No. So that's about it. Um, normal person, very active social media. And she decided to take a stand. Now, the interesting thing is, is um, she gave the uh, the document, as you know. But apparently, I guess she photocopied, like copied the memo, then folded it, and then mailed it to the Intercept. So that's apparently how they decided that she was the one who did the leaking. I guess. Yeah. Well, they they Maybe went a little bit deeper. They figured out who printed that day. Yeah. They narrowed it down to six people. You know, they, I mean, they could figure it out pretty quickly, like where that document came from. I don't think that was her concern. You know, I think her, her concern was putting that document out. Now, let me ask you this, uh-huh. because again, I'm in favor of this type of thing. I support people. You know, if they feel like something should be out there, then fine. You know, I, I again in a documentary in a documentary. In a democracy, I feel like the more information you have, the better. It's just going to be the way that we, you know, we, it enables us to make better choices. Mm-hmm. Just know having more more of the picture in front of us. Was this document? Did we need to see this document? Was this document something that she should have risked, you know, her life to release? She thought so. I'm asking you. Because it's not, in my opinion, it's not on the same level, not to, de- you know, denigrate what she did. I think it's, again, I think it's good what she did. It's not on the same level as the Chelsea Manning reveal. It's not on the same level as the Snowden reveal. Um, Are you asking me, uh, would I sacrifice my possible future and freedom for what was released? No, I'm saying, is this something that needed to be seen by all of us? At the current moment, probably yes, because it falls right into the whole President Trump, Russia, uh, Comey, intelligence, all all the uh, climate right now is about the the ties of Russia and the influence of the election. What I think is interesting is I think it implicates the Obama administration as well. There's no way that they didn't know about this then. <laughs> they had to have known that there was something going on. And they've oh, essentially at, admitted yeah. that. They've admitted that they they knew shit was going on, but they did, you know, they treaded very carefully. They they didn't want to interfere. That's a great with point. So that's the thing. And that's what I've been saying the whole time. Like, yeah, we don't like Trump. We don't trust Trump. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Let's not start just Oh, fawning over the intelligence agencies like there's some perfect masterpiece that we should all put our trust into. No, by definition, they're this they're secretive. <laughs> they're trying to hide secrets. They're trying to manipulate things. They're trying to do a lot of different things. And, you know, th- th- this goes back to the last administration. It has to that this information was out. There. So why wasn't this looked into then? Like, why is all this stuff being kept secret and quiet? Um you know, we know why she did it. She's trying to, you know, she felt like this stuff was really important to come out and it had to do with Trump. And you're right, it does. It has to do with this whole Russia thing. And obviously there's a lot going on with Russia trying to impact our election. That's extremely clear. And maybe they did. But this dates back to Obama for sure as well. And well, it just, it is the nature to me of the the intelligence agencies that they have a lot of information that they that who knows why they're not putting it out there or not acting on or if they are we're not finding out about it so it's a bigger picture than just you know this one document and just the trump administration and also i'm not the only one who feels like that because hyena 
Samsi, I probably butchered the hell out of that. I doubt her name is Hyena, but yeah. But Director okay. of the ACLU, uh-huh. National Security Project, told the Guardian the following. That it was a vital source for information in our democracy. The document that was released by Reality Winner. Right. Okay. It's it's Matt. You got any thoughts on this? I felt like you were going to say something. I was just looking up if her name was actually Hyena, but I'm not. Oh, it's fine. Oh, it's Hyena. It's Hyena. That's what it is. It's it's H I N A. So Hina. H I N A. Yeah, Hina. Hina. Right. Close enough. Pretty close. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I am curious. Maybe this is the only document she get her hands on, or like I don't know what. Twenty six or twenty five years old. Maybe she doesn't have access to everything. She found one thing and just wanted to get it out. But right. is that this an act of, is this an act of just protest and just trying to say I clearly she is vehemently opposed to Trump? Is this her state like just she wants to be? It's civil disobedience or is this? Yeah. Did she feel we need need to know this? I'm not. Right, sure. I th- yeah, I and hear I, that. I sort, of, I sort of think it. Yeah, maybe this isn't the most critical document we've ever read. Yeah, but it's civil disobedience. I think you're right. I think there's more. You know, this is one page of an analysis. There, there's a lot more. I'm sure on this. Um, again, we'll see where it goes, but I think it's, man, I mean, you know, the, the election is, they're trying to impact the election in uh, numerous ways. And this is one of those I ways. Mean, it's and this is a way to do it. Yeah. It was, this was known already. Like the fact that they're trying to influence the election, well, that was already known. Right. But to the effect, to this extent where it's like, they actually were trying to get into some kind of voting machine, you know, and so, that's. Okay. So that, because in my opinion, that is, if you're going to swear our election, that's the way to do it. You get to the. Again, not to the particular voting machine, but to the company that makes the voting machines and creates the um, the software, you know, the software shit, for yeah. these machines. Like that's what you do. So, as you brought to light, which I never even thought of, so thank you about that. About uh-huh. the whole Obama administration, yeah, isn't it their responsibility to inform uh, the public and other entities of the government to say? Uh, you know, our election will be happening soon, and we have, we know for a fact, this is the fact now, that Russia was getting involved with the voting machines. Well, no, don't don't say it like that. We don't have for a fact that Russia was getting involved in the voting machines. We have for a fact that Russia tried to influence local election officials and tried to get into the systems of a company that deals with voting machines. It's a, but okay, yeah. Why is it right? Why isn't that something that the Obama administration again? We don't that's the problem. That's the problem with a lot of the intelligence agencies. We don't know. We really don't know. We don't know doing. who knew what, right? But certainly, I think more alarms could have been raised by Obama. Now, does that does I understand why he wouldn't because it, it would appear to be like interfering with the election to an extent. However, there actually is stuff there. So that's, it's a, it's a very tricky situation. And the only one, and you know who skated through was Trump. Trump, Trump benefited from all this because the only person that came out and did anything at any point that was a, a real impact was Comey when he came out and said about her emails. Yeah. Right. So that's what really came out. Now I've read stuff that the Obama administration, like let people know, like this is something you're going to have to look into, huh. you know, but is that the right way to handle it? I don't know. Well, I don't think so. But if you make it a public thing, if you go out before the election and say, oh, I'm not sure these voting machines are above board, then does that just create doubt in the results of the election no matter yeah. what? So is it better to keep quiet and say... Right. Well, I, that I, was the calculation. I, yeah, yeah. He was trying to talk to companies, say, fix your shit. Make sure make sure this doesn't become a problem. 
right. without. I mean, the, the entire goal of Russia in this whole case was, oh, we want to make create doubt in the election system. We want yes. to create doubt in democracy. Right, which they did. And was oh, I think that was probably what Obama was trying to do, prevent that from happening. Right. Too late, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it already happened. But, 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 yeah. but that is the role of secrecy. That is why not all the information is no, made, I know. brought forward I know. immediately. So. I get it. Um, all right. Good discussion on that. Now, let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. I've got a sponsor today. I already mentioned it before. It's Harry's Razors. Father's Day, Sunday, June 18th. Put that down. That's coming up. Father's Day is just around the corner. Dads are impossible to shop for. They're not impossible to shop for, but a dad doesn't really want. What, what, what are you going to get? Like Mother's Day, you go, oh, flowers. flowers. Maybe get your mom like a bracelet or a necklace or something. Easy, right? It's just thought that counts. Maybe a chocolate or something. Yeah, what you want to do is give him the gift of looking good. You have the gift of looking good. You give him the gift of utility. It's something mm. that he can actually use. I don't want stuff. I like stuff that I, I need and stuff that I use, stuff that I, uh, is actually going to be beneficial to me, make my life a little bit easier. Harry's razors have a special offer that all of our Samsonites are going to love and your dad, your uncle, your brother, whoever. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to just be for Father's Day. You can get it for whoever you want. Um Get $5 off one of their shave sets, including a limited edition Father's Day set mm, nice. at harrys.com slash Samson. Now, when you support Harry's, you support the podcast and vice versa. When you support this podcast, Harry supports us. So we really appreciate it. It's a uh, symbiotic relationship. So I have a Harry's razor. They send us stuff because, you know, they're sponsoring the show. And I have a Harry's razor. All three of us sitting in this room, Joey, Matt, me, we all have beards. But... Anybody that has a beard knows the key to having a, a good-looking beard is making sure the rest of your face, your neck, whatever, is nice and trim. Because then you just look like, oh, what, what are you, depressed? What are you, you, just didn't, you didn't shave for eight weeks? No. No, no, no. I'm nice and trim. So under the beard, I use the Harry's razor. Swear to God, smooth. one of the smoothest shaves, if not the smoothest shave I have, is from this Harry's razor. No irritation. I feel like the hair grows back less. I mean, it really worked. You have one, Joey, right? Yes, You've I used do. it. You think it's great. Yes. Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price. Five German crafted blades, flex hinge, a lubricating strip, 100% quality guaranteed, full refund if you're not happy, $2 blades or less. Which $2 is dollars a blade, blade or less, right. Which is one half the price of the leading five blade Razor brands. Right. And that's all you need to hear. And I swear to God, this razor is actually a good razor. Like people might be like, well, it's cheaper than like what you're going to get. No, no, no. It's not cheap. It's just less expensive. It just works better. It's good. Shave sets start at just $15, not to mention the $5 off when you go to harrys.com slash Samson, get a razor handle, moisturizing shave gel, and three of Harry's five blade precision engineered razors. Also made in Germany. Talked about Germany. Germany's leading yes, the world in razors and diplomacy. Harry's limited edition Father's Day shave set comes with a storm gray razor handle. That's sexy. Uh, chrome razor stand. That's nice. That's nice. Have your bathroom set up. You got your toothbrush. You got your whatever. You got your little soap dispenser. You got your goddamn gray Harry's in your stand. That looks cool. Uh, it also comes with foaming shave gel, three replacement blades, and a travel cover. Plus, it comes in a sleek, giftable box with the option to add custom engraving and a personalized card for free. Here's the 
real deal. Go to harrys.com slash Samson, S-A-M-P-S-O-N. It's the second part of Mandatory Samson. Harrys.com slash Samson. Right now to redeem a special offer for the Samsonites. Harrys will give you $5 off one of their shave sets. Listen, this is for a limited time only. Act now. Like... Let me finish what I'm saying. Pause the show, order the razor, come back, listen to the rest of the program. Harry's.com slash Samson to get $5 off and help support us. Help support us. Help support Harry's. You're not going to be disappointed. It's good stuff. And Father's Day's done. You make it easy. Yeah. All right. You ready to get into this? Yes, I am. Okay. Why'd you think about it? I always ready? like to think. You like to think. Okay. Well, well let's go. I I kind of want to switch it up. I I kind of want to do the burritos thing. All right. You're saying you want to skip the London Bridge attack? No, I I don't want to skip it. I I just let's just get. It's quick. It's we're not going to get to the whole details. I know, but I'm sick and tired of all these attacks, and well, I, so, I just I want to live in a world but, where we all can eat burritos. So's Theresa May. Well, we can't. We have attacks, and we have no burritos, and we're going to get to that in a second. Joe, Tur- think of it this way: the burritos are the the pot of gold at the end of the terrorism rainbow. No, they're gone. You didn't even read the article. I know I did. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> the, the burrito conversation. The burrito conversation. Uh, in the wake of Saturday night's van attack on London Bridge, British PM Theresa May spoke out saying, and this is what I want to talk about. We don't have to get the whole details of the whole thing. Obviously, it continues to be a scary situation in London. We talked about it, that they raised the terror level because they expected other attacks and they got one. Um, the quotes here are what concern me. By the way, is England electing somebody like right now? Oh, the election is today, I believe. Yeah, I believe we'll get a little is, update yeah. on that. Let's see. Theresa May had this to say. Enough is enough. No, 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 no. Enough is enough. When it, <laughs> when it comes to taking out these streets. You know what? Listen, I, I think we have to take a break because this is a serious topic and you, you're just making light of it. You're laughing. No, I can do it. Can you can do it. do it? I can do it. Straight face now? Yeah. Theresa May said this. Enough is enough. When it comes to taking on extremism and terrorism, things need to change. While we have made significant progress in recent years, there is, to be frank, far too much tolerance of extremism in our country. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That's the... um, Sounds good. She's right, Mm -hmm. probably. But how do you combat... You're not going to combat extremism with more extremism. The more extreme you get, the more you're being sucked into the, the fight that extremists want to have. We cannot allow this ideology the safe space it needs to breed. Yet there is precisely... This, this is what I worry about. Mm-hmm. She goes, yet that is precisely what the internet and the big companies that provide internet-based services provide. We need to work with allied democratic governments, that's Trump, to reach international agreements to regulate cyberspace to prevent the spread of extremism and terrorism planning. Well, that sounds like a way to really... Li- might be out of a good place, but it really is going to be a way that locks down the internet in a way that I think we're not prepared for and in a way we don't want. You have to be, to have freedom, you have to be prepared to, you know, suffer certain consequences of mm-hmm. that freedom. It is an ideology that is a perversion of Islam and a perversion of the truth. Defeating this ideology is one of the great challenges of our time, but it cannot be defeated through military intervention alone. Well, I agree with that 100%. In fact, it's probably mostly not going to be military intervention. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I, actually, I have a question, and this question actually is going to go directly to Mr. Trump. Terrific. Jerry, this is uh, one of my specialty topics. Yes. Um, you are a huge supporter of police and secu- security services, right? Absolutely. I'm a law and order candidate. 
All right. For sure. So if you're a law and order candidate, how do you expect to stop terrorism where you cut 20,000 jobs? Policing jobs, may I add. Well, Joey, I don't think that you're looking at it the right way. Frankly, mm-hmm. you saw the Moab bio, right? Yes. Did you see it? Yes. Quite the spectacle. It was beautiful. So I launched, yeah, oh, those 59 Tomahawk missiles that I launched into Syria? Yes. Have you heard anything from Syria? No, they've been quiet. That's right, because I shot them off with my 59 missiles. That's right. It's not a police work thing, Joey. It is simply about destroying them. Okay. Uh, you can't drop a Mawhead bomb on England. That's not really our problem, frankly. I'm not the mayor of whatever. Birmingham? Is that a place in England? I'm the mayor of Pittsburgh. Actually, I'm the president, but Pittsburgh elected me. So, you know, I was trying to make a point like that other one, but I forgot. All right, so Chris, back to you now. Yeah. Um, Does it matter that she got rid of 20,000 jobs? or Because we're looking at... Who a- she got rid of? Uh, I I believe um, Theresa May cut twenty thousand police. Oh jobs. right, that, Corbin said that. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So it so 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 the question at the end of the day is if it is terrorism, would twenty thousand more people prevent the terrorism? I do not believe so. Not in the context of people going out to do terroristic things, unless there was a dead giveaway which i don't think that was we're talking about a van that just goes haywire and hits a bunch of people yeah those, so how does twenty thousand people even stop that those, they can't those attacks are harder to stop again because of these kind of like lone wolf um random attacks just using things that are in the space it's sort of like improv terrorism because they figure out like well it it, it requires really no planning you just go okay we just need a van that's it and you can yeah. drive it um police work is what's going to stop this stuff that that's sort of the misnomer like so, so uh, you know we're bombing ISIS. ISIS is almost gone. ISIS just surrendered their their territory. Doesn't seem to matter um, because it's not really ISIS. It's not really a particular. It's just a thought process. You know this extremism, and I think it is police work. Like we saw with the um, the Manchester attack, yes. is you know that's a network. Unlike I don't know exactly what the story is with this van attack on London Bridge, but I don't think it was a network as far as I saw. So, so then, uh, without a doubt, you would stand by what Corbyn said that in fact it is a disservice to cut twenty thousand police. One hundred percent, because it is that that is what's going to solve it. It is police work. It's detective work. It's following clues. It's it's having your a hand on the local pulse. You know, okay. it's not um, it's not a ma- There is a massive disconnect between dropping bombs in, you know. Uh, Raqqa versus, you know, investigating things locally. Because in all of the cases, we always get, they always go, yeah, we kind of knew. Like people were like, yeah, he was weird. Like he would freak out at this and that. Like, yeah, right. That talk to those people. Stop dropping bombs over there. Go to the places. We talked about it with, uh, whatever, when it was happening in France, the people from Norway or not Norway, um, Belgium. Like, Go to Belgium. Why aren't we attacking Belgium then? <laughs> That's, you know, like it just, it's a logical disconnect. And and I think we heard it after 9-11. L- look at how New York is doing. New York is not getting attacked. You know, it's policing. It is detective work. It's staying on top of stuff at a local level, as opposed to this like kind of macro war ideology, because that's what they want. They want it to be this international you know, battle of ideology. Yeah. No, you, you combat this by doing the legwork uh, on the ground. That's really how you're going to solve it. That's where our intelligence agencies come in. You you can run kind of like s- 
spy operations and different that that's how you're going to do it. But it's a long term, maybe kind of hidden thing that you're doing. It's not going to be the you could tell the rest of the world we're coming. Thank you, W. Yeah, okay, but you didn't do anything. You accomplished nothing. You literally accomplished you nothing. De- destabilized things right. and caused more problems. You created yeah. more of this. That's I, the problem. And I believe the people who are who committed this act didn't their friends and neighbors report them as like, yeah, these guys are uh, into some fucked up shit. No, hundred percent. That's if, what I'm saying. If there's twenty thousand more cops, you can put a couple on them to wash them. Yeah, you're gonna see this up. happening. Oh, yeah. good afternoon. Oh, was he was he weird? What are you doing? Oh, I'm trying to do a British accent. I can't do it unless no, I hear it. Oh no, there that. it is. Now I found it. I found it. <sighs> It just makes it worse than that yellow yellow hoodie. Uh, Why? Pip, pip, Why pip. would you wear a yellow hoodie? Pip, he wants pip, to look pip. like a banana. Cheerio. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's just comfortable. In, in what reality, winner oh. wears a yellow hoodie? Um, I don't know. I just like it. And for oh, the okay. li- for the listeners, it is very yellow. It isn't. Oh, it's yellow. Yeah, it it's piss the... yellow. No, it's not piss yellow. How dare you? My yellow's like that color. You need to drink more water. Okay. You look like a. You just look like a giant lemon right now. <laughs> Okay, fine. I'll take that. Uh, I like it. Um, all right, that's what I got to say about that. Again, the big concern to me is like, yeah, let's all get together and fucking lock down the internet. Great. Perfect. The last bastion of, of true democracy. Let's get rid of it. Well, well, my question is, how does she go automatically for the internet? It's because like... she said, because a lot of it, we've talked about a lot of it is, you know, internet propaganda. That's where a lot of these people get radicalized. They're doing it themselves. They go online, yeah. they go, ooh, this seems interesting, and they start reading about it, and then they take a trip maybe overseas to, like, confirm. And that's it. And that's it. Well, they'd find a way without the internet. This is a power grab. I mean, Rupert Murdoch and traditional media want, and they're, all the conservatives want this, want the internet taken down to maintain, oh, the, maintain the status yeah. quo. This is not about... The, the whole net neutrality argument. It's, well, it it's all tied them. together. This is not about safety. This is an agenda. They are trying to take power through... Well, but it is about safety, though. It is, too. And I get her point. It's, I get what she's saying. If you could shut down Twitter accounts, which we have done, and that's cut down like ISIS propaganda by like 60%, that is a real thing. But the problem is at, you got to find that balance between stopping or preventing or trying to prevent a terrorist attack versus chilling the free spread of information amongst civilized people. That's that's really what it is. But, and some of it, a percentage of it, it might not be shit you like. There's the alt-right on the internet. Do we want to shut all of it down? No. It's gross, but we shouldn't shut it down. It's there. It's open. It's a free exchange of ideas. And the more that you put locks on that, you're essentially taking what we have in, in real reality Onto uh, cyberspace, and that—that's not what we want. That needs to be an open place for communication, I mean, because with that, y- the ideas spread, and you know, you get the good and the bad. But, but it's got to be open. This is crisis capitalism, whatever it's called. Just disaster okay, capitalism. Disaster yeah. capitalism. Yeah, you see this one thing happen. You, she wanted to do this. This is not. I don't know though, right? Do you, really, I have no idea. But I mean, I don't are, know. Are, are, you saying, way. are you saying terrorists are going to not have a way to communicate if you just? Make the internet a little bit tighter. No, but it really does. That's the thing. Like, I do get what she's saying. It does actually make a difference. She's right. That's the problem. The argument is based in reality, and it's based in a good... Whether she's coming at it from a good point of view or not, she is right about it. It it will will affect it dramatically. But but I don't want Verizon or AT&T or whatever the fuck being the ones that are determining, like... Now will this cross the lines? Now we got to, you know, that's that's where it becomes a real problem because we don't have control over that. It's they go, okay, then don't buy our service. But wait, but you're the only internet service spreader. Well, whatever. Yeah, deal well, with it. It's a conservative agenda to always limit limit new media. They want to stop new media. They want to maintain the status quo. Well, it's a cons- I think it's a conservative. You're right to an extent, but I think a conservative by nature they're conservative. The idea is we got to pr- we got to protect people. We got to do this and that. 
without realizing the the side effects are are having a chilling effect then on on journalism and on the free exchange of ideas. The, Snowden said it. I, I I always quote it, but I feel like I get the quote wrong. I don't have it exactly, but he said you can either live in a free society, like the only time that you are completely free from harm is when you're in prison. That's really what it is. Yeah. Like when you're in a prison, because if, when you're truly free, there's risk involved. But that's the that's the the cost benefit of like actual freedom. Do people really want actual freedom, or do they want to have the illusion of freedom, but actually just have safety and be controlled by a much larger set of, you know, parents or whatever you know whatever yeah, you want to call it's it? It's matrix shit. Yeah. And, right. And I re- I refuse to accept that. Right. Would you rather eat porridge or think you're eating a steak? Yeah. Well, what you know, you eating your little fucking Nebuchadnezzar crap meal, or do you want to be uh, like Joey Pants and fucking eat the steak and pretend that you're living in a penthouse? I, I I'm confused where you get you Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, that was the ship. Joe, you mentioned the Matrix. So, so, so I go so you're there. Making the, the name of a ship in a, a soup. I'm so confused. <laughs> There's a scene when Neo. Yeah, yeah, they're in the room unplugged. and he's eating the steak. Oh, oh, you're talking about something completely different. Just let me lay it out. Joey Pants is eating the steak. I want the There's steak. This, I get it. There's a scene where Neo mm-hmm. is on the ship, the Nebuchadnezzar, mm-hmm. right? And he's eating. They're all eating. Oh, the slop. The slop. Ah, slop. Okay. But that's real. You didn't say slop. You that's said soup. That's real. That's yes. really what they're eating. That's really real. Yes. Joey Pants is talking to whoever, Agent Smith, or whoever the fuck yeah, he's one, one of forget. them. The key holder, I think, maybe. In the Matrix... And he's eating a steak, and he's like, "God damn! Like, I know it's not real, but it fucking tastes it is good. good." You know, he doesn't care; he just doesn't want to remember. That's the game. That is the game we're playing. If you want to make that analogy, where it's like, yeah, you can pretend that you're free and not be, or you can actually be free and run the risk of being a free person. That's what the reality is. So, well, we'll see where it goes. Were you going to say something about the election matter? Uh, so, I mean, I looked at the election results, and nothing is really in yet. They're saying it's going to. I'm not sure. If this, this is probably local time or maybe maybe here it's uh 10:45 p.m. and go through not be really finished until 10, uh midday friday. Oh okay. So, so it's it's time. there's still time. Yeah. No. Oh shit, midday friday? Oh, that's a long time. So zero <laughs> zero results. Are, I'm not sure. Joe just overreacted a lot to like 12 hours. <laughs> uh yeah. But okay. by the time you're listening to this, there will be election results out. Yeah, it's going to be May. I think it helps the, the terrorist attack certainly helps her case, I think. I just I, Corbin's a weirdo too. I just hate anyone who wants like I can never understand wanting to give up liberty, liberty, and you can't understand that. You I can't th- understand that at all. I can. I refuse. Like I don't let. Yeah, terrorism could happen. I'm living in New York City, an easy, tar- a, a big target, a major target in America. I don't, I don't change my life because I'm afraid of terrorism. I, yeah, but that's a different argument, though. You know, I do get. Listen, we 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 all accept it when we go to the airport. If we really didn't want to be hassled, like if we really wanted to be free and have liberty and have our rights protected, there would be no airport security, really. There would be none of that. Well, the, T- the TSA is... The TSA, right. It, it wouldn't yeah. exist. It's security theater. I still I would argue against the way they do things. It's not effective security. Uh, of course, but I'm saying most people are like, yeah, we I mean, need that. That's just a but, rea- that's, but it is fucking a violation. They are looking through your stuff. Yes, and it's unfortunate reality. It's a right to have- privacy that is going away... Because you have to fly somewhere. It's like, re- oh, okay, drive. So accepting the reality I have and saying, yeah, I would deal with the TSA if I need to fly somewhere is not the same as saying I think that's right. Yeah, I, but you would, are accepting I'm, safety over liberty. I'm accepting the reality I live in that, okay, I have to deal with this shit. 
that doesn't mean I think it's the right thing to do. And I, I don't accept it as we should, I don't think we should accept this, but yeah, you got to deal with the world you're given. Yeah. Yeah. Joey. Finally. You want to talk, you want to talk about the burritos? <laughs> I want to go to Mexico and steal somebody's recipe. Oh, God damn it. Why do you always do that? You oh, always the I blew the load. I blew All it. Right. Two Portland-based women, Liz Connolly and Kali Wilgus, were forced to shut down their popular burrito cart after they revealed how they came to make their own tortillas in an interview with the Williamette Week, and they're being accused of, quote, cultural appropriation. Now, before you go further on this, just as a side note, don't we understand that if you're going to steal something, you keep your mouth fucking shut? Well, is this steal? So let's listen to their quote. You tell me, is it stealing? Yes, go ahead. Liz Connolly, this is from the Williamette Week interview. This is one of the people that owned the uh, Kooks burrito cart. I picked the brains of every tortilla lady there in Mexico, she's saying, mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. worst broken Spanish ever. Say that again. In the worst broken Spanish worst ever. Worst broken Spanish ever. Yeah. I can show Me no this. hablo espanol, no me gusta steal. Okay. Uh, and they showed me a little of what they did. They told us the basic ingredients, and we saw them moving and stretching the dough, similar to how pizza makers do before rolling it out with rolling pins. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't tell us too much about technique. Because we were, they didn't speak English. Well, right. But we were peeking into the windows of every kitchen, totally fascinated by how easy they made it look. We learned quickly it isn't quite that easy. Okay? Now, does that sound like a crazy thing to you? Yes. They went into the private homes of these citizens and stole their homemade burritos. Here's the thing, man. I don't, like, well, hold on. Maybe we should need to put it in more, because I have other quotes. So let's get the full, all the quotes, and then mm, we can have the okay. full conversation. Because that, to me, didn't seem like that big a deal. They were like, we went to Mexico. We talked to people that make tortillas down there. They, some of them told us, but we don't speak Spanish, so we were trying to figure it out. And then we're kind of like, when she says we were peeking into the windows of every kitchen, do you think literally that's what she meant? Yes. Or was that sort no, that they went around Mexico yes. and spied in the kitchen? Like, yes. I don't think that's actually what she meant. I think that's sort of like a cutesy, like, kind of figure of speech. Maybe they did once or twice, but I don't think they were doing that throughout nope. the. Nobody outside of Mexico knows how to make a tortilla. Well, okay. But anyway, <laughs> so Jamila King, who's a writer for Mike.com, wrote The problem, of course, is that it's unclear whether the Mexican women who handed over their recipes ever got anything in return. And now those same recipes are being sold as a delicacy in Portland. Yeah. There's a delicacy now? Yeah. 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 Does Papa John's pay a royalty to Italy? No. No. Does it? Does Chipotle? Does, like, what are you talking about? Does Panda Express send a check to China every day? No. Sushi? Like, what are you talking? Well, wait. So, wait. Because I'm going to get my. All right. Olivia L., who's a Yelp reviewer. Oh, Yelp. No, that's. That's up there. She said, how would you people feel if Um, I went and spied on your family or business recipes and took it somewhere else for my own financial benefit? This is stealing. No, it's not. No, it isn't. They didn't take somebody's specific recipe. They saw their techniques. And they worked out their own thing, and then they brought it here. First of all, it's a different country. Okay? Mm -hmm. Like, I get... Also, it's a burrito cart. It's not fucking a a, a multi-billion dollar cart. It's a burrito cart. Yes. Jagger uh, Blake, B-L-A-E-C, Black, Blake, Portland Mercury writer says, 
Several of the most successful businesses in this town have been birthed as a result of curious white people going into a foreign country or an international venture and poaching as many trade secrets, customs, recipes as possible, and then coming back to Portland to claim it as their own and score a tidy profit. But they're not claiming it as their own. She just said how they got it. She's not saying we invented tortillas. She said exactly where she got the thing from. And then they're like, well, we're going to close this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said she went to Mexico, did not know how to speak Spanish and looked through windows to learn how to make a burrito. Yeah, and she said she talked to some of the. Okay, then he keeps going. He says, now, don't get me wrong. Cultural customs are meant to be shared. However, that's not what happens in this city because of Portland's because of Portland's underlying racism. The people who rightly own these traditions and cultures that exist are already treated poorly. These appropriating businesses are erasing and exploiting their already marginalized identities for the purpose of profit and praise. I fucking fundamentally hate this story. It drives me crazy. (laughs) No, because it's so like, what are you talking about? Like, what what obligation do these two women that own this cart have to? A bunch of women in Mexico? Yeah, who are never going to come here, who have their own uh, businesses, I would assume, that this is not impacting at all. Mm-hmm. Um, what difference does it make? And, and also, there is the expression's like, there's only a few ways, whatever, there's only a couple of ways to skin a cat or something, one way to, whatever that expression is. There's more like, than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to skin Yeah, there's more than one way to make a fucking tortilla. We're, 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 there's only one way. But Chris, didn't you hear they're white people? Well, that's They're what white it is. People. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not that guy that's like fucking whitey is under <laughs> attack. But like, this is fucking crazy. And this is a su- Portland's as liberal as they come. So is this like capitalism at its best? Where you go, you steal somebody else's idea. But, is it, but that's what I'm saying. I fucking reject the idea that they that stole, stole a re- if it's if it's the KFC twelve herbs or whatever whatever the fuck it is, and you, and you took that recipe, like you stole that recipe mm-hmm. and then started. Uh, a burrito, a, a chicken cart. That's corporate and, espionage, then. Well, what, whatever. But that's a, it's that's a specific recipe. But like, it's a tortilla. So what if this? Every Me- does every Mexican restaurant in New York that is not owned by an old Mexican woman, do they own? Do they owe them money somehow? Like I, it's mind boggling. Like I get where it's coming from, but it's not. It's just not cultural. But is this is this Kylie Jenner with the braids? No. Which even that, I think, whatever, but uh, that's a separate argument. But like, that's a different story than this. like burritos. What if you reverse engineered the KFC recipe? Well, then do what you want. Yeah. Cook what, cook that's okay. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Whatever. You're taking that. That's not the point. Point oh, is, okay. what, every um, like restaurant at a certain point is derivative of something, right? Yes. I mean, there's fucking Greek restaurants. Do more, we have to go back to Greece? And, more, more than just restaurants, everything. Everything, any, right. Any musician is built off the people before him. Any, right. Anything he... Well, yeah, but people make that argument too. They go, well, I stole from the black jazz musicians or whatever, the blues musicians. No, it's like, moving it forward, doing your own thing, and at the end of the day, this is just... Sorry, this is why liberals get made fun of all the time. Absolutely, I agree. This exact... God this damn is bullshit. It's infuriating. It's... Yeah, just get over yourself and... okay. So how but, did they close down the car? They just closed them down. I don't know. I guess they demand they revoke whatever. I think they it was closed pu- them down. I think it was public pressure, which is okay. We're gonna keep we're gonna harassing you guys until you shut down. It's a these Mexican women were not gonna go to Portland and start a business. I That's can almost a great guarantee point. that. Oh, absolutely. I I agree. I agree. It's um, but that's not even 
Correct, but that's not even the point. The point is, it's like, is it fucking stealing for them to be like, hey, how do you make tortillas? And then they tell them and they go make them. It's like, oh, well, you owe them money. They're like, what are you talking about? And it fucking makes absolutely no sense. And if I'm going to commit corporate espionage, I am not going to do it in the restaurant industry. That is not exactly a <laughs> owning a food cart is not exactly a multi billion dollar business. Well, that right. That's the other thing. They're acting like it's a fucking, yeah, what do you make it? $18 million a year? You owe these women a royalty? It's a fucking burrito cart. <laughs> in Portland. It's a burrito cart. And it's not like they even, t- it's just a tortilla, which I understand is an important part of a burrito, but like, come on, man. I eat Mexican food like four times a week. Well, is that is that wrong? Should, so, I, should I go, excuse me, who owns this? Who's making these burritos? I want you to tell me the truth. Can you tell the difference between the tortilla in, in each of the restaurants? And be uh, honest with me. Yeah. You can. I mean, if I had like a blindfold on, you lay them out. No, probably not. But I know like what the taste difference is. And like, you know, yeah. You can tell the difference between a Taco Bell tortilla and a good tortilla. Oh, well, absolutely. Well, you know what? Taco. Yeah. But yes. But, <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, yeah. But I love Mexican food. But anyway, but it's like, what, I, I, I don't know. Am I, am I wrong? Are we wrong? I don't know. Is it, is it cultural appropriation for them to go to Mexico? Like, you see, I don't, <sighs> I just don't understand who finds the time to, to make, to make a fuss over something this small. Well, it feels good. It feels good. There's Although it's it, it's nuts because you take like a liberal point of view. It's like, oh, two like strong, independent women took a trip to Mexico, like learned how to cook, started their own business. Nope. Still they not good enough. Nope. Fuck them. Fuck them. They stole it. Yeah. One nationality. They... <laughs> no, they no. No, they did it. Because yeah, I agree. Right. It's two white women. It's like, I, I guarantee if it was two like whatever and not white women that went down there, I guarantee it wouldn't be the same uproar. It is a white, you know, issue to an extent. It's like the white man went down and stole more shit from Mexico. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. That's what it feels like, too. But that's not the bigger point is it just doesn't make any sense. Cultural fucking appropriate. No, it's not. There, there are much, it's sharing. Uh, I don't know. There, there are much greater injustices in this world we can focus on. Much greater injustices. Yeah, but not even that. I, this thing just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I read the story and it's like, I can't fucking stand this. It's so, <laughs> it, it's just so... Uh, no, <sighs> cultural appropriation is a real thing, and yeah, it can be offense. Like I understand the offense there, but this is not anything of that. Like this is not the same thing. It is just this is bullshit. It is bullshit, right? And then they lose their bit. They're like, all right, so this is so, but like what? So they're only allowed to what? Make burgers or something? Like I, so, so, so now is a Mexican person going to pop up in the same spot with a new food cart that's that serving Mexican uh, <laughs> serving Mexican right. food? Right. Well, what di- what difference does that make? Right. What if they were two Mexican women that went down there? American, born in America, of Mexican descent, don't speak Spanish. What exactly the same? Everything's the same except you wouldn't they're Mexican. Hear a goddamn thing. No, but what? But why? Well, you should then, right? It's still a perp. Oh, because then yeah. they're minority entrepreneurs. <laughs> well, whatever. But it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, owning a business takes a risk. Yeah. Like, it's not like yeah, they're not. Well, it's also assuming. It's like it's also like liberal, like paternalism or maternalism, whatever. On these Mexican women, like you're just assuming that they care. Oh, that's a good point. Like you're protecting them in a way that maybe they don't even give a shit to be protected about. Like if they didn't want to tell them anything, they wouldn't have said anything. They could have been like, "Get the fuck out of here." They could have called the uh, federales. Yeah, the federales, exactly. Right. And then you then we're talking about a couple of white women locked up in Mexican prison, and that's oh, how my porno story. started. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Anyway, so that yeah, wh- whatever, dude. That fucking really, I don't know. That one really bothered me. I've been sitting on that for two weeks. <laughs> but I'm happy that we finally got it out. 
And if anybody has anything to add, please add it in the comments. Yes, please do that. I, you know, but this is the thing. It's like, you know, we get accused of being like the liberal, blah, 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 which we are certainly to a certain extent. But shit, dude, that's not the liberal that I want to associate with. It's so dumb. It's uh, just so dumb. <laughs> you got to be able to call it your own side if they're doing stupid shit. Of course. You, you have more. That's the problem. People don't want to do that. All right. Ready for this shit? Yeah. Urinating dog, fearless girl, and the charging bull. I love this. Made me smile. Yeah, it made me smile too. Artist Alex Gardega installed his pissing pug, also known as the sketchy dog, on Wall Street in reaction to the corporate nonsense fearless girl. And I have quotes, a bunch of quotes in the email. So you remember we talked about this story, uh, whatever, a couple weeks, weeks ago, about the charging bull that Demotica, I forget his first name, the guy that made the charging bull, he's mad that the fearless girl statue is down there because it changes the meaning of his work. Mm-hmm. But... Um, the fearless girl also had people sporting it and people against it because it was put up by a, you know, big hedge fund or whatever, uh, state street global, I think. Uh, so now, so this guy, Alex Gardega put a pug down there peeing on the little girl's leg. Mm-hmm. Okay, his little statue, which I I love it. I was like, oh, I hope this keeps happening. I hope there's just a whole they fucking menagerie out there. Statues. Yeah. But he actually took the statue dead. The statue is now down, unfortunately. Ah. Do you hear like a humming or buzzing? I do. Uh, you fix it in post. I'll bro. fix it in post. Yeah. Uh, this is Alex Gardega's statement. He says, "If fearless, uh, fearless girl has nothing to do with feminism, and it is a disrespect to the artist that made the bull." That bull had integrity, <laughs> which is so funny because like, he's defa- okay. Great. You know so what? He's, he's the, the artist. Bull. Yeah, he goes. It was made by a billion-dollar financial firm. Oh yeah, State Street Global Advisors, trying to promote an index fund. It is advertising promotion in the guise of art. That was my only point. State Street Global released a statement. They say Fearless Girl was created to stand as a reminder that having more women in leadership positions positively contributes to overall performance and strengthens our economy. Shut the fuck up. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. No. Shut up, Amy Siskind who's a woman's advocate says Gardega is every white guy who can't stand that he has to compete with women and people of color in America. No, he's not. Well, that's an inflammatory statement. Oh, it's it? no. ridiculous. She probably got the burrito car clothes and flew to New York <laughs> to take care of this and shit. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, really? Is that really what you think? Yes. He, he hates women. That was the point. Yes. Fucking come on. The women's March Twitter feed said pissing pug is an act of male fragility. <laughs> yeah. And Deborah Messing, the actress, who's like a real asshole, mm-hmm. who goes after my my sweet Susan Sarandon, who's a big Bernie supporter, they've they've argued quite a bit that she like blamed Susan Sarandon for what, no on, on Twitter. They yeah, go back yeah, and they, they don't get oh, along. Okay. But Deborah Messing's an asshole. She called it disgusting and said Gardega is a misogynistic, pathetic bastard. I have a question. Way to miss the point, ladies. Does the context change if it was a fucking huge ass pitbull? Who was bigger than the bull pissing on the little girl? No. The fact that it's a little dog, how is that uh, m- misogynistic? Well, their point or, is. Or, or the fact that it's a little boy dog because it's got a penis. Well, that's true. I mean, absolutely. The phallic, you know, dominance. No, the, the, they're choosing not to accept what the artist is saying. The artist is saying it has nothing to do with the, the imagery of the statue, the mm-hmm. fearless girl. It has to do with the fact that it is a corporate advertisement yes that's what he's taking offense to and he says that that disrespects the bull which is actual art he's not saying women shouldn't be in power that's not what he's talking about 
And they're choosing to take it that way and be like, well, his, his little fucking male ego can't. It's like, are you? That's not what he's saying. You're just not even listening to what he's saying. Meanwhile, he took the statue down because he didn't want anybody to steal it or, you know. Well, because, you know, it's it. only going to get set on so fire. Now we just got the little fearless girl and the charging bolt down there on Wall Street. That's so, what we have. Um, do you think it's in the artist's best uh, interest, I guess, to not respond to any of the questions about feminism and all of that? Because he's not taking it there, but it seems like everybody else wants to. Right, because that's not what his point was. His point is not, oh, I hate feminism, so I'm going to have a dog piss on this girl's leg. That's what he's talking about. Yeah, but that's what the conversation has turned into. Be, but not due to him. It has to do with people like Deborah fucking Messing. That, that's not what it's about. Who is she? The She's actress. from Will and Grace. I don't watch that shit. Nobody does. Well, people do, but I don't watch it. Well, it's coming back now, apparently. She's also been in a lot of like shitty movies. <laughs> Goddamn also. Netflix. No, it's just on regular TV, actually. What, really? I think so, right? Don't be hating on Netflix, Joey. I thought it was Netflix I was bringing back. Google uh, it. Somebody Google it. You got, We're all sitting in front of computers. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um... Anyway, so that that happened. I was kind of hoping that the statue would stay down there forever too. Like I, I want to see like a bunch more statues. It's coming to NBC, Joey. NBC, they okay. bring it back. But go ahead. So like, yeah, I understand. Like the problem is with art is it can be interpreted multiple ways, and I think that's that's what this whole representation says. We mocked uh, Arturo, whatever, when he uh, did the charging ball, and he's saying, "Oh, this woman says this charging girl says this," and that's not how I meant it. That changed the meaning of my art. Well, he's right. Yeah, like all this is just becoming a whole clusterfuck of good. I like well, it. I, you you have your art, then my art changes your art, then my art changes your art, and it's just yeah. Well, that's what that that is art. That is the nature of the thing. It, but, like it evokes a feeling and it it's a it, it yeah tell, speaks to you about but something. So can, can you not see why someone would interpret that as misogynistic? I don't even if it's not what the artist intended. Um, definitely, but in this context, yes, but in this context knowing full well like the fact that they're they're supporting like you know you know that the statue was put down there by a billion dollar like hedge fund that that's the thing that that's the thing that changes the whole context so while i get the i i like the fact that the 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 girl is it's interesting that the girl's down there playing off the bull and i kind of disagree with him about like that it shouldn't be it's certainly he's right that it does change the meaning to an extent um, the context is all off because that the the fearless so, girl is a he. I agree with Gardega. It is a goddamn promotion. So, so you're saying it lost the artistic integrity, right. lost the purity. If the, hypothetically, if that was not if, if Deborah ne- Messing built it and put it down there, then yeah, then she's right. So like yeah. So hypothetically, if this girl is not made by if an artist it, made it, if it, it yeah, was like a real statement, yeah, exactly, then all then. This would be a very offensive thing you're saying, or not as it would be more. Offensive I would understand why people could be more up in arms about it, but that's not what the point was. The point was about the the maker of the statue, not the statue itself. But can it not have the same message, even if you question the per- the? It it's still it can have the same message, but to to go that 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 fucking Alex Gardega, who by the way, I don't know what his nationality is, but what is Gardega? That sounds Hispanic, possibly, right? I don't know what his nationality has to do with anything. Well, because they go, it's every white guy who can't stand that he has to compete with women and people of color in America. Is that really right? Like, is that what this is about? I don't think so. We could take the guy at his word for it. He looks fairly white right now. All right, so maybe he's whitey. It's fine. He, maybe he's maybe scared of, I don't know, a black planet. I don't know. Oh, he's white, yeah. He looks like a Brooklyn hipster. Okay. Well, Whatever. But you understand what I'm saying? It's like yeah. it's not it's not male fragility that made him do it. 
He saw an opportunity. He was like, you know, it'd be funny. I should I'll make, make a, a little dog, dog statue. It's pissing on it's pissing her. on yeah. this stupid global State Street uh, statue. Well, is this not the same time him getting his name out there and uh, pro- him promoting himself with a just a publicity stunt? Yeah. Well, his statue was ugly, by the way. If you yeah, I that. couldn't tell. Oh, the dog. Oh, the the dog yeah, 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 I didn't really like it, but that's not the point. I, I want to see more stuff down there. Put somebody on the bull. I mean, why don't we make something and put it down there ourselves? Oh, it takes so long to to sculpt something. Work with bronze. Yeah, you see, I think that would be just a hilarious, a, a fun way of doing it. Of just okay, we're just slowly taking what someone else thought they meant, and we're creating a whole new meaning through a long chain of art. Well, that's Trump. my favorite. Hold on. That's my favorite. Thing, like Banksy and Shepard Fair. I love that. I love. I love like a. And we'll use it. I love appropriating like corporate um, images or whatever and, and kind of flipping it. I, I love that oh, stuff. Back to the appropriation, you I white know. guy. Back- yeah, well, you know what? Deal with but that. But it, it becomes a strong social... Co- it can become its own social commentary. Of course. Mr. Trump. Jerry. If you could place Jerry, anything you, down there. sleepy, Jerry. It's been a long day. I know. It's five. If you could place any statue down at Wall Street, yeah. what statue would you place? And please, for the love of God, don't say one of yourself. Well, I was going to say my bronze balls, giant, mm-hmm. down there. Put a Just little, the balls. Nope, tube. Put a little tube on there. Not that I'm saying this is my real hair. You can pull it. It's real. But put my balls down there with my classic hair flip right on top. Maybe put a Trump sign on it. I don't know. That would be balling. Baller. What metal would you use to make the statue? Bronze. Oh, gold. Thought, yeah, Trump is all about the gold here. You got to gold that, Mr. Trump. Told you I'm sleepy. Yeah, gold. You're right. Gold. I made a big mistake. You're right. Definitely reflective gold. Okay. Um, all right. Let's see. Jesus. I, I Fuck, man. What? Nothing. We got a lot. All right. Bill Maher. Kathy Griffin. On last Friday's episode of Real Time with Bill Maher, a show I want to host eventually, Bill Maher used the N-word while making an off-the-cuff joke, and I have the clip here to prove that. This is Bill Maher... Uh, last Friday got a lot of heat for this. No, I, it's a joke. Well, and we'll we'll talk about it. And we'll we'll see what goes. On. He's talking to Ben Sass, who's a Republican. Uh, whatever. Be a kid thing. It's not anymore. Not out here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, adults dress up for Halloween. They don't do that in Nebraska. It's frowned upon. Yeah, we don't do that quite as much. But wow, I've got to get to Nebraska more. <laughs> I, <laughs> you're welcome. We'd love to have you work in the fields with us. Work in the field. That's part of that. <laughs> Senator, I'm a house nigger. No, it's it's a joke. Thank you. You still work- now? I watch Bill Maher every week. Did you I watch mean, it live? Of course, and okay. I watch it. What? Well, well, whatever. I DVR, you know, but I watch it that night. I watch it. That wasn't what the question was. The question I was: I didn't watch it. Did at you watch 10 PM. it live? No, I did not watch Thank it at you. 10 p.m. Eastern. I, I watched. I but I didn't see anything about it until I. I watched it pretty close. Shut up, Joey. Fuck off. What do I got to explain myself to you? I watched it, <laughs> um, and I don't miss an episode of Bill Maher uh, again. I, I said I, live. I want to take over that show. Okay. Okay. So this, this is what this is all about. I'm preparing to take over the Bill Maher program. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I saw that, I was like, "Yes, he's gonna get fired." No. Uh, I was watching it. I was like, "Nah, it's a weird." I was, you know, you hear it, and you go, "Well, that's odd that he that he chose to go that way." But when you hear work in the fields, immediately in in off the cuff as a comic, whatever, what is the you know your brain is going to go to slaves, some some joke about working in the fields, plantation, uh-huh. whatever, right? Like, obviously, that's where your mind would go. Now, him saying the saying N. 
I get why people get annoyed about that or get upset about mm-hmm. that. I don't think I don't think he should be fired over it. I think he was trying to make a joke, um, which I, I now we have a bunch of quotes that we can talk about it. Yeah, but let's talk about his statement. Go ahead. Give All right. Well, here's HBO's statement. They said Bill Maher's comment last night was completely inexcusable and tasteless. We were removing his deeply offensive comment from any subsequent airings of the show, which they did. They believed it. I watched. But it. isn't he a comedian? So he's supposed to have that magic microphone i thought well he does he they the them saying what he said was inexcusable and tasteless doesn't that's what they said about it he's not oh so it's just them covering them asses well it's not covering their asses they they think what he said was inexcusable and tasteless tasteless. i mean there's also them covering their asses but i guess yeah i mean they well they had to say something and he said uh friday nights are always my worst night of sleep because i'm up reflecting on the things i should or shouldn't have said in my live show last night was a particularly long night as i regret the word i used in the banter of a live moment the word was offensive and i regret saying it and i'm very sorry Okay. You know what? I I feel that doesn't feel empty and it's good enough. It should go. I was surprised that he even said anything, but I mean, the, yeah. the, the controversy, it got like to a, a point. Now, DeRay McKesson, who's a leader of the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, a guy that's very influential, he said, uh, Bill, he tweeted this. He said, yes. Bill Maher has got to go. There are no explanations that make this acceptable. Well, I disagree. The explanation is it was live and he tried to make a joke. It wasn't funny, but he did. He's a comedian. They, they fuck up sometimes. Right. Uh, and why does the audience think it was okay to laugh? Uh-oh. Well, the audience... Here's the problem that I have with Some this of it tweet. was uncomfortable after. Definitely, but here's the, here's the thing. Okay to laugh. Laughter is an involuntary. If you laugh, it's because it was funny. There's no... Mm. You, don't, you don't hear a joke and go, was that funny? Should I laugh at that? <laughs> you laugh. Yeah. Because it's funny, so yeah, it's a it's, it's a, a weird it's a question for him to go. Did why did the audience think it was okay to laugh? Because some people thought it was funny, that's why they laughed. Well, they're there to watch a comedy show. They want to laugh, right? They're, well, that's they're, true. They're right? They're primed. They're primed to laugh by an opener and all that. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, and Ben Sass doesn't even flinch. What is happening in the world? Trump has undeniably moved the post re what is acceptable in political discourse, but we can't sit idly by as discourse breeds actions. They got to stop bringing up Trump just because you can. This has nothing to do with him. I agree. And it also, you know. Nothing to do with Trump. Yeah, this, this is a very liberal guy um, who I agree with on a, on a many number of things. And I also agree with like the 10 point police reform plan that was put out by Black Lives Matter yeah. and all that stuff. So it has nothing to do with that. But, I, but, you know, discourse breeds actions is essentially warning like what people say is bad. You know what I mean? Like you can't let people say anything they want because they might act on it after like, which I get to an extent, but also I disagree with, like you should be allowed to say whatever you want. Like Bill Maher, make no mistake about it, is allowed to drop an N-bomb if he wants. And I'm, I'm not, he can suffer the consequences of that, whatever they may be, but he's, he can say it. Yeah. I'm not a big Bill Maher fan, but at the end of the day, he's not like, yeah, he, he fucked up in this case. He shouldn't have said that, but he's not the problem saying, Oh, he has to go. This is, this should ruin his career. Right. Yeah, he tried to make a joke and it didn't land. Right. That doesn't mean he's out there, like his discourse is directly causing action against black people. No. He's not, he is not the problem. He made a mistake. Yeah, well, and I think he feels probably entitled to an extent to do that because he is pretty liberal. He has a lot yeah. of liberal guests on. To an extent, well, he like fetish... I mean, as somebody that's watched the show for so long, he like fetishizes black culture a little mm-hmm. bit and like black men generally you know like he has kind of a weird relationship with the black community i feel like anyway he dates basically only black women so like there's really yeah there there so how long have you been watching seven years eight years oh whatever i mean i don't know but long time I mean, long for, time for, for me i just think he, like for me i don't like him he's just overly strident he's kind of an asshole a lot well, of let, let me just because i don't want to leave that point just hanging yeah, there sorry. like he 
Yeah, I mean, he dates almost exclusively black women. I'm pretty sure about uh-huh. a lot of the stuff. He's, you know, he'll make the joke when he's got Cornell West on or when he's got a black guest that he feels comfortable with. He'll like, I don't know. It's hard to explain what it is, but like he'll make like like a joke that like he knows he can get away with saying the thing he's going to say, but it's maybe not even still that comfortable, even though he has that relationship with a black guest. Like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but anyway, but it, it's not like I'm shocked that he would say something like this. A, because that's the type There's of been precedence of this actions. Yeah. But he, he probably on some level thought like it's okay to it's say okay. it, but apparently a lot of people don't think that's the case. Um, I don't know. But, but anyway, but it is, it's like a fetishistic relationship. Almost. I don't know. Hard, hard to explain. Ben Sass. Now this, this one annoyed me because Ben Sass. Now he's the guy sitting in the chair yeah. across from him. Yes. He, he, he tweets cause he, he was on the show and then he got on a plane, I guess, right after the show. So then when he lands, he tweets I'm walking off a red eye from LAX three reflections on Bill Maher. I'm a first amendment absolutist. Okay, so by the way, when you say you're a First Amendment absolutist, there literally can be nothing <laughs> after that that says but, because if you're an absolutist, you're like, yeah, everything can fly. He says, comedians get latitude to cross hard lines, but, come on, man. He said, but. Yeah, but you just said you're a First Amendment absolutist. That means literally everything flies. He goes, but free speech comes with the responsibility to speak up. Okay. When folks use that word, me just cringing last night wasn't good enough. Here's what I wish I'd been quick enough to say in the moment. Hold up. Why would you think it's okay to use that word? The history of the N-word is an attack on universal human dignity. It's therefore an attack on the American creed. Don't use it. Yeah, I'm sure that's what Universal human dignity. That's what he would have said in the moment. No, it's... Bullshit. Fu- forget it. I'm just saying there's nobody... Nobody would say that. When Bill Maher made that joke, there's nobody to be like... Hold up, Bill. Like, what are you crazy? I mean, unless well, I disagree with you. I, well, I, I, I'm saying I don't maybe not nobody, but Ben Sass wouldn't individuals have. would say that. But no, that's not true. That nope. But Ben Sass wouldn't have said that, and he wouldn't have said it that way in that detail. There's no, of course, okay. not. That's that, would crazy. Be, that would have been awkward. It it's would've... not no white. You think you think the the white people involved in shutting down that fucking Kooks burrito cart? <laughs> you think they wouldn't have said anything? I get it. You know, it, it's, uh, you hear, it's, he also, Bill Maher saying it to be, he knows it's a controversial thing to yeah, say. Yeah, that's why he did it. Um, in part, you know, it's part, it's a joke. It's also a joke. He's trying to make a joke. Al Sharpton, Bill Maher decided to get on television last night and uh, sanitize and normalize the N-word. Well, I mean, it's not like the, the N-word is never said. I understand there's a difference between black people saying and white people saying, but but it's not like the N-word is never, ever referenced ever in song, in movies, in anything. It's like, oh, we've never heard it until last night for decades. First Bill time Ma- I heard it, Chris. Bill Maher said it and sanitized it and normalized it by saying it once. First time I ever heard that word, Chris. Yeah. Just because Bill Maher is liberal and our friend, you don't give him a pass. You never get the right to use that term. That's not true because Neil Brennan is allowed to say it. He's white, white comic, worked on Chappelle's show. Genius. He's allowed to say it. He but, doesn't. But if you work on the Chappelle show, you get your black card. <laughs> yeah, well, right, <laughs> but that well, but that's what Al Sharpton is essentially referencing. Like nobody yeah. gets to say it. That's not true. <laughs> but and, I get I get his point. And just look at what the intent in things is like with free speech. Well, yeah, are we getting s- to a point where it's not are we never it's not to be said? Never. I mean, but only only because there's black people that don't even think that other black people should say it, that it's not a word that should be used at all. But the, I mean, the normalization has come in, in black culture itself where it's used constantly. And I, I right. That's, right. The context has changed be, through that usage. Right. 
a colloquial term as opposed to the the hard er. It's the a because he used it in a play for action. I think it's okay. Well, it is or it isn't, but it's like Bill Maher needs to be fired because it's a joke. He was trying to make a joke. It's a bad joke, probably. But whatever. It's not like I heard and I was like, ah. But obviously, when he says it, you go, well, yeah, I know what he was trying to say there. He could have said it a different way. Yeah. So, but all right. Well, if, he, if he's making the same joke in the Comedy Cellar as opposed to on national television or on HBO, does it get it, laughs? It, go, yes. well, it doesn't. It just. It would be. A, if anything, it's just a joke that doesn't land. It's not. Right. It's not seen as this man hates black people. Yeah, but there's a difference between saying it in the comedy cellar as opposed to saying it on television like that. But anyway, but Reza Aslan, by the way, who's um, been on the show and he's a writer or whatever, he says, I can't believe Bill Maher said something racist, said no Muslim ever. They a lot of people go after Bill Maher for being Islamophobic or whatever, because he speaks out against, you know, terrorism. And, yeah, and, and the blames, whole Ben Affleck blames thing. it in part yeah. about. Oh, yeah, that was on our first episode. We yes. about that. He blames, you know, he blames it in part on on Islam as an extremist religion yes. in the Middle East. And I, you well, know, well, he's anti-religion that. altogether. Yes. He's very atheistic. Yes. Um. Anyway. All right. I don't know. I mean, did he have to say it? No. Do I think he should be fired for it? No. Uh, I understand why people get upset about it, and I guess because I'm white, it's not really my place to say one way or another. But as somebody that's around comics and like is a comic fan and wants to take over that show, I defend his rights. You you could see somebody else making that same mistake. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. If you want to take over that show, you might want to do a few more open mics. I don't need to do it. No, no. He's got writers. I could. I. I mean, I can deliver a joke. <laughs> I mean, if you wrote a joke for me, I could deliver it. No problem. I would do a different opening. Probably. Here's a joke. Kathy Griffin. Oh, yeah. I don't want to get into it too deeply. She's, what? She sucks. It's like, I, I don't care about Kathy Griffin. You don't want to talk about the deedless superstar? The de- <laughs> That's funny. I made her my profile picture. Really? On Twitter, on Facebook, on every social media, because I fully support what she did. Because it has no consequences upon me. Uh, I um I support her right to do it again. I, I think she should be allowed to do it. She should suffer the consequences of that. She should be it- fired from doing a late night show. I mean, the fucking, sorry. The New Year's show with Anderson Cooper? Yeah, who cares? I don't care. I mean, that Kathy relationship Griffin, is odd. Kathy Griffin's, uh, well, he's gay and she's. Is that what it is? He's yeah, gay. They, they're like buddies. Is, they yeah. hang out. Yeah, she's like an old, you know, lady that hangs out with him. I don't know. Uh, I don't like Kathy Griffin. <laughs> I've never liked her. Uh, Matt's going to get some letters for that. Uh, I don't know why Matt thought it was okay <laughs> to call her a fruit to fly. To call her a fruit fly. <laughs> because that is, that's obviously anti feminism. Yeah. That's because, absurd. Yeah, you're calling a piece of fruit? It's like you said fag hag. Why would you say fag hag? That's what <laughs> I was choosing between the two of them and chose fruit fly intentionally. Yeah, you, might as well just, you might as well just go for it. Uh, <laughs> for the record, I've never heard the term uh, flute fly used before as in not a man. No, no. It's a woman who hangs around gay men. Right. I did not know that. Okay. Well, See, learn something new every day. Um, anyway, Kathy Griffin's terrible. I mean, she, like this, she's going for shock value. It's... Oh... And like, just remember though. At the same time, when people were, when Obama was president, people like people on the right would occasionally burn Obama in effigy or have hanging Obamas. It's like, yeah, this shit happens. Right. It's, well, it happens on both sides. It's stupid. Well, here's the thing: if somebody, you know, if Ann Coulter had a, a video where she was hmm. picking up fucking Obama's severed head, I think the reaction yeah. would be swift and horrific from the left. Right? I mean, it'd be yeah, it would crazy. be bad. Um, but again, I don't care. It's like let her do it. It doesn't bother me. And but what about Baron? Well, I was gonna say Baron. First of all, what, what is that kid brain damaged? He he thought that was his dad. Why, why would Kathy Griffin have have, have did, beheaded her her dad? His dad. 
Well, he wouldn't. He doesn't know his father look, looks he like. He can't tell. He never, he yeah, never well, sees his father. He's not there to support him. It's unrealistic oh, that he thought that. Like, I don't believe that he thought that it was his dad. And he's having a hard time. No, he's not. Because the Secret Service cannot stop Kathy Griffin from getting into the White House and shot <laughs> <off> the president's <laughs> right. head. Right, Kathy Griffin, known assassin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! You know, but anyway, so but that so, <sighs> what happened there is that's somebody Kathy Griffin that lives in a very tight liberal bubble. And every day it's Trump this, Trump that, Trump this, Trump that. And she thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take his hat. And, and she was like, I'm going to get price it. And everybody's like, what are you doing? Well, she was going for shock value. She wanted. But why? To... What difference is it? Well, like, I don't that, get that, what her point was. That's her style. Stupid. It puts her name in the media. Yeah. And she thought, oh, I, this this won't be this will be good for me. It'll get me more attention. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, she sucks. It's fine. Yeah, yeah she, she sucks. got the attention, all right? I've never, yeah. I've never liked either of these comedians very much. Right. I like Bill Maher. Oh, Bill Moore is a whole nother caliber compared to Kathy oh, Griffin. He's better you than can, you can't you can't say them in the in the same fucking ten page story. Well, right. he's success, far more successful than she is, and I like yeah, he is better, but I still think he's just kind of an overly strident asshole. See, here's the thing: the only thing I know her from is the fucking like e, e like e like stupid shit. Yeah, I'm not I don't uh, like, like fake reality television shows. That's it. I I can't. I I I don't even know what where I'm supposed to know her from. Right. Yeah, I don't know either. I, don't know. I mean, she's she just had, famous. She had some Seinfeld roles in the in the '90s, I think. Right. And right. She just she's just one of those comedians who's had a bunch of credits. Um. Yeah. Well. Anyway, so I'm done talking about Kathy Griffin. Bill Maher will see his shows obviously on tonight. If you're listening to this, so that'll be interesting to see. What he, he made it a week. Is fine. Huh? If it was going to be fired, if anything was going to happen, it would have happened already. So he's fine. Oh yeah, he, he's gonna no. Survive. He's not gonna get fired now. Yeah, he's he's fine. Yeah, he's he, fine he now. It. Yeah. If, if he was on network television, he'd be fired in a heartbeat. Right. Yeah. Mm, but he wouldn't, yeah. I don't think, make that joke on network television. But anyway, uh, Trump administration odds and ends, and then we'll wrap it up. But by the way, keep yeah. in mind, MSP 129.5 is also out right now. You can listen to that. We answer some emails, and we talked about some other stuff. It'll be fun. Uh, tr- this happened a couple of weeks ago, and obviously we would have talked about it last week. Trump, you guys saw that video of Trump pushing the prime minister of Montenegro? Oh, that was beautiful. That is... It's a meme. In a nutshell the scariest to me when i watched it i go that is a sociopathic move that should alarm everybody way more than anything that guy has ever done the fact that he thought when i first saw it i saw it on twitter no context just the video no sound on and i was like why the fuck would he push his advisor out of the way like that like i thought it was just somebody like nah, someone from another country that's bro. the prime minister of montenegro yeah and he just shoves the guy out of the way it's that, nobody that's who that is well right but that that's is a nobody a sociopath move to do that at a NATO event, like you're on camera, he shoves a guy he doesn't really know uh-huh. out of the way because he should be in the, like what of whoa that that bothered me on a level where I was like this guy is out of his fucking mind. He is the president That's of the United States, see that. up and center, front and center. You see, I'm- I know what you're doing, Joey, but I'm just saying it's like that is sociopath shit. <laughs> you see, I'm not trying to call it sociopathic as much as it's childish and just the bully mentality. When was the last time you physically shoved somebody? I don't do that. When I was on the subway, probably, but... No, that you <laughs> physically shoved... No, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, literally, you were like, I need to be up there. I'm going to fucking shove somebody out of the way. Never. You've never done that. Because I grew up, and I'm not a child. And You're that's not what, and that's a what... sociopath. Like, nobody <laughs> does don't, that. Don't you put limitations on me. <laughs> that's right. Um, you're just... So few people physically shove somebody like with malice it wasn't like hey like move could you move buddy like just put your hand on somebody and be like hey would you mind just standing yeah. over he shoved the guy out of the way he was in the way in front of everybody like he didn't even think about it he's like yep you're get the get move move big deal coming through like what a fucking nut job 
That really, I watched that. I was like, this is, this is. How many times did you watch? I, a lot. The first time I saw it, I watched it five times. I'm yeah, like, I watched I, it a bunch of times. Because like, I was oh, like, he maybe, maybe he didn't really push me out of the way. Because nah, then when I found out it was the uh, a leader, a world leader, not that it was okay for him to just like shove his guy out of the way, but it makes more sense, I guess. That was the con. That's the thing. Like I put that was the context. I put it in immediately. Where it was, it was like, an aide. Yeah, where it'd be like me, like pushing you out of the way, Joey. It'd be like, Joey, get out of the way. Not that you're my aide, but like we're familiar yes. and like you're part of my orbit. That's crazy to have shoved the prime minister of Montenegro out of the way. Highly disrespectful. Well, well forget that. It's just a it's a crazy thing to do. Except then he, afterwards, he also you would never that, shove anybody out of the way that way. I it's would. nuts. Afterwards, he also has that really smug look as he buttons his coat. Right. like. Oh, no, he's a crazy asshole. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks that makes him look cool. He, I think he's a childhood bully. He's just, he thinks he never grew out of that mentality. No, it's so, I'm telling you, dude, it's a psychological, that is psychologically, there's something wrong with him. I, yeah, he's, when you watch you're somebody not qualified to make it's that like, statement, it's like, so. You're absolutely right. I'm not. It is, it is certainly not. But w- like when you look at like serial killer behavior, where it's like, yeah, you know, he used to like torture birds. It's like th- that line. That line is not there of like what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. It's not there for him. That guy is really out of touch with what reality is. I just think he's to me- just shove a person is insane. I just think he's mentally twelve. I just think he's a mentally a twelve year old. You keep saying that, but I keep trying to shy away from that, and you keep coming back to it. Yeah, I, that's the twelve year olds don't do that. It, kids know not to just shove somebody out of the way because they think they should be in the front. No, I think kids. Some of them. Still a few of them do, right? And they're the child. They're the bullies. Yeah, That's but they don't. Mean. But at thirteen, they go, "Oh yeah, you don't do that." He, it's not a matter. It's like he's. Uh, you're saying it's arrested development. It's not arrested development. He just he literally doesn't have that like sense of what is a, a a normal human interaction. That is a crazy thing to do. Crazy. The Trump administration handed out seventeen ethics waivers last week to Kellyanne Conway, Reince Priebus, Steve Bannon, and fourteen more people. Obama. Handed out 17 as well over eight years, not in uh, the first six months of his presidency. Can we explain what an ethics violation is? So, for example, passes? Bannon has a um, an open-ended ethics waiver, which allows him to communicate with Breitbart Media, even though there's absolutely no reason why he should be able to as somebody that's in that close uh, connection to the presidency. He really shouldn't have um, that type of relationship with a media organization. But it seems the, like this should be a bigger issue than it is. 100%. Yeah, but we're busy, you know. And we've normalized this shit now. Yeah, everything's That's just... True. It's, there's so, so much going so on. My, my question is, why do ethics waivers be, exist in the first place? Eth- ethics should have a pretty... should be pretty important. And Yeah, well, but there's certain... Like, Priebus is a law, was a lawyer before he started doing all this shit. So it's like, the ethics waiver allows him to you know, still have contact with his old law firm or whatever. You know, it's like, I mean, the, but he shouldn't be having handling any cases. He shouldn't be handling any, he shouldn't be I don't think that, any... I don't think it gives him that ability, but I think it just allows him to have like some kind of communicate. I, I don't know exactly. Right. Maybe we shouldn't have them, but there, I'm sure there is a good reason at first, but the, you know, this, this administration, they just give blanket waivers and like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's I, I just fun. think those shouldn't exist and that should be like blanket waivers like that should be illegal. Right. Sure. If, they, if there's a specific reason, then maybe that's fine. But yeah, Bannon has just a go. Yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. Kind of waiver. I mean, it's one thing for Congress to give a waiver for to uh, uh, Mad Dog uh, Mattis. Right. Where it's like, okay, yeah, you were in the military, but too recently, but yeah, you can do this. Yeah. Well, even that, you know, there's, there's yeah, issues. Yeah, but, but, right. But that's exactly but it should, it right. should be. There should be debate. Over, there should be actually discussion of ethics waivers, not just... Yeah, you can go do what you want to do. Right. Yep. Yeah, but do you know whose name you just said who should not have that fucking waiver? 
Go ahead. Who do you think I think? I don't know. Tell me. <sighs> Kellyanne does not deserve a waiver. Why? What does she have a waiver for? You just said they gave her a waiver. I know, but I'm saying, were you going to say what it is for? I don't know what it's for, but I don't think she should have it. Why? You don't even know what it's for. You can't say that. Yeah, I can. I just did. All right. Betsy DeVos has okayed a plan to allow one company instead of the current nine Uh to handle more than a trillion dollars in federal student loans. (laughs) So that's keep your eye on that when that whole thing comes crashing to the ground. She's she's probably the dumbest in the administration. I bet DeVos. She's not qualified in any fucking way. None. I feel that. I think we need to rank the people in the administration, and I think we have to do our research. Okay. She's pretty pretty low on the intelligence scale, I think, though. Yeah, she just doesn't seem like a bright woman. But anyway, so now she's put a trillion dollars into one, you know, there's going to be one group that's going to take care of all these loans. Because well, that makes g- sense. good if, you know, instead of having 10 people fuck up, we only have one. Okay. Because yeah, I know. Well, there's barely any accountability in student federal loans anyway. Yeah, I know, right? Um... So yeah, now there's just one big corporation to deal with. That's a good idea. And they're gonna jack up the rates and it's gonna yeah. they're gonna try to fuck people over more. Right. Um, all right. That's what I got. Now, like I said, stick around for MSP one twenty nine point five emails and other stuff. Thank you for listening, Samsonites. You can get in touch with us, mandatory samson at gmail.com. You can also go to soundcloud.com slash mandatory samson. You can go on Apple Podcasts and rate, subscribe, and leave a comment on there. We'd love it if you do it. I'm at Mansamp on all social media platforms. Joey is at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled with a Z. Matt is Matt D. Weiss. Please stick around. I think you'll like the emails that we got from the other Samsonites. And um, like I said, we're going to do a little role play. We're going to do a little uh, play, a little clip. And uh, it's, uh, you know, probably an extra half hour or so of a mandatory Samson podcast for this week, especially because we weren't here last week. So we love you. Thank you for listening. Harry's.com slash Samson. And we'll talk to you soon. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah.